Yeah, we don't want to be saying DMs in front of your missus when she watches this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jessica Bourne. Uh, yeah. yeah, just have to hope Star- Starbucks doesn't start accepting Bitcoin, otherwise Mark's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, yeah. Pomp wants a chief handjobber. You might be. He's <laughs> 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 a couple of sats an hour. <laughs> Sounds reasonable. <laughs> You're like the most inclusive into this group ever. <laughs> if, if, we were, if we were saying we will not advertise on glory holes, that is homophobic. We are saying we are exclusively advertising on glory holes. <laughs> That's about to say afternoon, it's evening. Oh, yeah, definitely evening. I was just saying that w- when you get, you kind of think your standard is that maybe it'd break you when you see it coming down to your average price, but I'm kind of to a point that it's something which I believe in, so I'm not selling. And I think that's, and it's not even rattling me anymore, which I think in a way is disturbing. Yeah, oh, it's it's good. Once you become immune to price fluctuations of 30 to 40%, you know you're a Bitcoiner now because... Yeah, my wife to. has asked my wife has asked me she's like so um what's happening with the bitcoin price i'm like fucking elon <laughs> <laughs> i thought you i thought you love elon you were listening to his um autobiography the other day i was just like mm, don't know how to respond i still can't work out what i think of elon i know we'll, we'll get on to that are, are you all in down now he's a complex guy right here he is yeah yeah i'm here um can you hear me okay? I noticed on the last podcast I was faint a few times, so I'm definitely going to try and talk into the mic that, more. Yeah, that is quite loud. Probably not quite that close, Darnell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about Gaz's spit guard. Okay. You'll be spitting all over your microphone. It'll be done within about two sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing. This little thing it does. I think it'll actually get closer. So it's um, it when you get close, if you laugh or like shout it softens you because it's literally your ah. voice the voice waves get softened by this thing and i don't know every single youtuber has it and it's like seven quid from amazon and you just you just attach it on so uh, i just i've, I've had it for maybe, a while yeah okay it sounds like a worthwhile investment if it prolongs the life of a microphone yeah that's what that's what the youtubers say yeah <laughs> but yeah do you want to go into it then do you want to go yeah, into, into like, why we want to fucking slap elon to pieces of shit <laughs> A hundred percent, hundred percent. What I've got here, I'll just, I think... Where, where do we start? I want to, like, summarise where we are with it. So can you see this? Yeah. You can see that, Brilliant. yeah. I love what you've done, Gaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so essentially, I just want to, like, where where, where the freaking hell, why, why are we talking about Elon yet again? And I, think I want to caveat it with, I still love Elon. Like, Elon is still one of the greatest minds of our generation. He's created four of the most important companies um, there are. I have no clue how he has time to be CEO of four companies, have six kids from two different women and still be doing all this shit. But this is how he spent his weekend. And this is this is why we're talking about him and why he has become an enemy of Bitcoin. So I love Elon, but when he comes into Bitcoin, he's my enemy and I will chase him out of town. It's as simple as that until he changes his mind and educates himself. And the reason for that is he started... He started the week with 
suspending payments from Tesla that own Bitcoin. He only added these like a month ago and he's already withdrawn it. It states a load of energy concerns that Bitcoin isn't energy efficient and it hurts the environment. So therefore he's pulling it. He then decides, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt on that one, thinking maybe this is his marketing team talking. Maybe he's just <clears throat> bending to the woke crowd that is the Tesla customer base, to be fair. And maybe he's just virtue signaling a little bit, but, and he doesn't really believe this and he's going to bring it back later. And he's just, yeah, he's kind of bending over. But the next couple of days, he doubles down on this statement. Yeah, I was actually, good with that first one. Yeah, so he now doubles down completely on the fact that yeah. does Elon believe this is legitimate? He completely doubles down on it and says it is. So he starts off saying he's talking to some Doge developers and trying to improve that, which looks promising, and everyone slates him for that. Then he goes, oh, just so to make sure I'm clear, I do believe in crypto, but it can't use fossil fuels. He then throws in there should be a carbon tax, which seems to be a veiled threat. At maybe we should tax Bitcoin more or something. I don't even know what he's talking about. He gets criticized of some of the changes he's putting into Doge to say that you know, what you're doing here is just going to break the network. Like, do you know, even know how blockchains work? And he just goes, you're bad at math. You can make transactions 100 times higher, volume 100 times higher, higher, lower fees. He completely exposing the fact he doesn't understand how blockchain works and how Bitcoin works. And uh, then he decides to change tact because he gets destroyed yet again. He's, he's gone for environment, got destroyed. Then he goes for the fundamentals of Bitcoin and the scaling of Bitcoin gets destroyed. So then he moves on to, oh, but anyway, Bitcoin centralized. Look at this, the, the coal miners, um, the, the miners in China um, own 35% of the hash rate. They got flooded and it all disappeared. That's not decentralized, is it? Like just what? Um, and then his final well, little comment. Just, just some up point about decentralization just before we go on. So obviously I'm still relatively new in the Bitcoin um, world, but how it just makes it slower, doesn't it? Like if you lose, um, you know, the miners, so it just makes it a little bit slower. It doesn't make it, you know, issues around deep. No, it does. It does. He's right. He's right. The fact that 35%, I'll, I'll come back to it and explain But it why. can still be replaced. It's it's not a fact that, you know, I think his, his point is he's trying to make say it matters, but it just makes it a little bit slower from what I understand. No, no. The, the, the fact is, like, if it is centralized in China, it basically means China can change Bitcoin. Just as Elon is trying to change Doge on a whim, he, he is suggesting that China could change Bitcoin and they could change the, the supply, they could change how many transactions, they could change the fees. He is fundamentally wrong. This little group of miners in China cannot do any of those things, which means it is decentralized. If it was centralized in China, then we would all have to bow down to a Chinese overlords in Bitcoin and just hope they never change Bitcoin. And at any point they could. All fundamentally wrong. And then he just decides to leave. His final tweet of the weekend is someone's tweeted here, Bitcoin is going to slap themselves next quarter when Tesla dimple their Bitcoin with the amount of hate Elon Musk is getting, and I wouldn't blame him. Elon replies, just with a single word, indeed. Nice passive-aggressive comment there, going, just so you know, I can dump $2 billion of Bitcoin on your, on your ass, and I might do it just out of spite, because fuck you guys. So that's where we are. That's the summary of it. So what Elon really has done there is he's, he's stopped payments in, in Tesla, and he cited three reasons. It's not environmentally friendly, Bitcoin doesn't scale and it's centralized in China. That's essentially what he's saying. So 
I can go through those three things and just debunk them so easily just off the top of my head. So number one, environmentally friendly. Let's just go through that one. Well, number one, Bitcoin, 75% to 90% of Bitcoin energy that was required to mine it is powered by renewable energy, straight off. That's a huge percentage. And why is that? It's because renewable energy is cheaper. You can go to these remote locations where renewable energy is created and it's very hard to get that renewable energy into the cities because they're largely powered by the nuclear power stations, the coal power stations. So they're having to travel huge distances to get to the cities. Bitcoin mining companies have gone to where the energy is and they've set up right next to them because Bitcoin miners don't need lots of people. They don't need employees. They don't need cities. They just need machines and an energy supply. So they've gone to these low power and um, low like cost energy places, which is why there's a province in China that has 35% of the mining capacity. That's because there's a huge amount of energy there, not very many people. So that is a, a unique value proposition that they have for mining. But there's mining in, in Iceland, in Russia, in Ukraine, in the Rocky Mountains in, in America. That's because of the climate control as well, because there's two things you need the energy for to, to mine. You need it to physically power the miner. You also need it for cooling because the miners get very hot. So being in a cold location is also a financial advantage because you don't need to spend loads of money on air conditioning. You can just open the door and, and, and the air gets cooler. So and number two, on energy, even if Bitcoin uh, wasn't renewable and was a bad energy um, like usage for the planet, we are trying to replace central banking and inflated governments here. That is a perfectly legitimate use of energy. It's just plain and simple. Like if we can fix that, like literally we fix the world. Like how many illegal wars, how many freaking lockdowns do we have to endure? Like if that takes some energy and a bit of damage to the planet, then surely it's worth it. Like even if Bitcoin energy is 100% fossil fuels, I would still argue the case that it's worth it. And it's so ironic that Elon is the one pitching this because he comes from a company that is essentially trying to be the, the greater good for the world in Tesla. But there to get going, he needs to mine the shit out of cobalt mines, various other minerals to create Doesn't batteries. Doesn't he use child labor? What? Well, not him. I don't think he uses no, child sorry, labor. Sorry, it's not him. It's the companies who it's used have no standards and it's actually been shown up in the media. Ah, okay. okay, exactly. I think... So when you really follow it backwards, how much fossil fuels and bad environmental damage does yeah. he cause by building a Tesla? It isn't yeah. zero, but still. But, I, and I also believe... lithium and, and SpaceX. Yeah, yeah well, he uses fossil fuels <laughs> To power every rocket, exactly, and he exactly. Yeah. he admits that like there's no there's never going to be an electric battery that can power a spacecraft off the ground into space. You need fossil fuels because you need the explosion, and batteries yeah. can't do that. And then um, the lithium batteries as well. I don't think those are very environmentally the friendly lithium batteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like True. I think they're just as bad as um, fossil well normal fuel cars in their lifetime. So. Yeah. I know that he's improving things, but it just, yeah, I just it, kind yeah, of think he's a bit of a hypocrite. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, essentially it's FUD. It's like energy FUD gets used against Tesla. And I think the long, essentially it's a short term, short term hit for a long term gain. And it's the same with Bitcoin. Like there's potentially going to be a short term hit in energy whilst we have Bitcoin and central banks and governments. But once Bitcoin wins, the energy being used in governments and in central banking will drop considerably. And then suddenly now mm -hmm. we have the long-term gain for the short-term pain. Uh, moving on to the second question. point. Yeah, go on. Well, why, would, why wouldn't he, as somebody that has proven that he could use like solar energy, be the advocate to say, well, I've got 
a solution to all of this, use my panels and then mine that way. And yeah. that hasn't kind of come up yet because, you know, it, it's out there and he's central to that. I think or the only create mining, that... create mining rigs, which are more environmentally friendly. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. I think the reason why it hasn't, I have a feeling that Elon is getting his information from a shitcoiner. So he's flipping to the next, he's, he's basically, there's proof of work and proof of stake. So proof of work requires mining, proof of stake doesn't. So that's what he's flipping to. So instead of getting renewable energy for miners, he's going, you just don't need miners. Just do proof of stake. You have a load of nodes that just magically agree with each other. And then you don't need any energy at all. And that's what Ethereum's moving to and another other shit coins have moved to. So I think in his head, he's thinking that is the end goal, going proof of stake. And um, that's, so he's, he's, he's skipping the whole step of you using- Simply for the benefit of speed. Uh, yeah, it's, that, they're doing that for the benefit of speed. Is that in terms of uh, proof of stake? Well, it, it, weirdly, it's, it's a number of reasons. It centralizes it more, but they do they do um, a lot of the incentives for why they moved to that was to remove the environmental damage, the right. mining, and so they didn't want to use as much energy. And to be fair, like good, I'm glad shitcoiners move to proof of stake because they don't need the energy. No one's trying to attack their network. No one gives a shit about it. So you might as well just run it on some Excel databases and just have yeah. Vitalik and a couple of other guys be able to edit them. Uh, you don't need proof of work where you've got tens of thousands of miners making sure the network is secure. He, he just goes in and edits it, gives himself more coins, changes the issuance. They, they do whatever they want to do. So yeah. if you're, that's the environment you're living in, proof of stake is absolutely fine. If you actually need a robust, non-editable ledger of who owns what, you have to secure that network with something, which isn't just trust in people. And Bitcoin secures its network in a shit ton of energy that you need more energy to overrule this network for a whole period of time to be able to change it. So that's that's our defense mechanism. We, we have monetized energy. Uh, I like it. So moving on to like the third. Yeah. Yeah. On this whole scaling stuff, he, he basically tries to go, oh, just like 100x everything. And then um, essentially what he's, what he's done by accident there, he's reinvented PayPal, which for someone that actually created PayPal is quite ironic. Like Elon, this is fucking what you did 10 years ago because he's trying to make Bitcoin 20, into PayPal. You, think? you what? 20. Yeah, probably more at 20, yeah. I was going to say, it was before um, SpaceX, and I think SpaceX was 2002. That kicked off. Yeah, so it, I want to say like, even 90s. Yeah, it probably was 90s, yeah. It's just time flies. Uh, so, yeah, so what he's trying to do is basically go, he's, he's co-opted Doge, Dogecoin, and now he's just imposing his views on it, going, it needs 100, 100x more transactions, 100 times uh, faster blocks, and 100 times less fees. So essentially, he's trying to create PayPal. Like PayPal can already do all those things. They, they can do zero fees if they want to. It's just they choose not to because they want to make money. So he's just trying to impose his, his thing on, on Dogecoin there. What he fundamentally forgets is if you were to do that to Bitcoin, there's a very good reason why Satoshi picked 10-minute blocks that can only fit in 2,000 transactions and the fees are what they are. It's because it's, Satoshi is a fucking genius and he thought about this for his whole life. You need 10 minutes to wait because the transactions need to go around the globe. There's 2,000 transactions getting put into every block every 10 minutes. It takes a number of minutes to reach consensus 
with all the nodes to agree on what money is being sent where. And the reason why that's so important is because it makes sure we stop the double spend problem, which is the key thing that Satoshi fixed. If you're doing it all instantly with zero fees, it's suddenly now you open up the fact people can spend the same money twice. And there's no central um, kind of authority sitting in the middle, like a bank or a PayPal to correct the errors. So the second you do that and someone receives a payment um, from someone in Bitcoin and then it gets double spent and actually they don't receive their money, Bitcoin's broken. It doesn't work. Like You can't transact value and trust that the transaction that came in actually came in. And so that is why you have 10-minute blocks, only 2,000 transactions. The reason for 2,000 transactions is because you wanted to keep the block small so anyone can run their own node. So you can run a node on a Raspberry Pi, 100 pounds, any single person in the world can run their own node. The second you 100x those blocks, which is exactly what Ethereum has done, by the way, and many other coins, suddenly now it costs 10,000 pounds to buy a node because the blocks are so big, it takes so much energy, so much um, hardware space. You can't sync the node, you can't run it. Like the average person just can't do it now. So it centralizes the coin straight away. Now it's centralized. Only 1,000 people in the world can actually afford to run a node. Those, pe- now pe- those thousand people now are the risk. They can be all arrested, change the protocol, and you're done. Can't do that on Bitcoin, nice small blocks. And then the fees, you need the fees to incentivize the miners to use the energy. So we pay them to do that. If you reduce the fees- and to, to do nothing, it correctly as well. Yeah, like the miners just switch yeah. off if the fees are nothing. So you have to pay them to make sure they keep doing their job. So yeah. fundamentally, it's completely forgotten like why Bitcoin even exists. Why is a blockchain there? We're trying to stop the double spend problem. When you just 100x all the parameters, you'd completely break Satoshi's model. And you, you're now back to PayPal where you need a centralized authority to correct the mistakes that are undoubtedly going to happen. And once you've got a, a single person that can do that, you've broken it. You basically just created a random bank that is very inefficient. You're done. Yeah. So, uh, with that double spend, just digging into it, yeah. do any of you ever um, popular cryptos solve that? So, Ethereum, XRP, Doge, um, Litecoin, do they do they solve for double spend? Well, well, th- well, Doge and Litecoin use proof of work, so they they have it there. Uh, Ethereum doesn't. Because they use well, they're they're kind of in in the middle at the moment between proof of work and proof of stake. So, so at the moment, like Dogecoin, to a certain extent, like it's it's on proof of work. It has no transactions, so it's one of those where because no one's transacting in the any any other currencies, they're not transacting in it. So, when you 100x like all the transactions on Dogecoin, for example, they have like three transactions every 10 minutes. Like the the majority of the people that own Doge have never sent a bit a Doge transaction because there's no one to send it to. They literally just buy it on exchange, buy it in an app. And hold it. Yeah, and they just leave it. They never take control of their keys. They don't even take it out of the exchange. <laughs> that, that would count as a transaction. But they don't yeah. know how to do that. They don't know what a hardware wallet is. So like, <laughs> these shit coins just stay on exchanges forever. So so the problem is yeah. like you, you you raise a good point now going, has anyone yeah. managed to double spend shit coins? It's like I don't probably know many examples of them being able to. It's because no one is transacting in shit coins. So, how do you, what are you going to, why bother double spending it? Right. Because yeah. the person you're probably sending it to knows probably what they're doing because like, n- most of the people oh. in shit coins literally have no clue what they're doing and just buy it and leave it on exchange. No one is transacting in it. 
think it also comes back to the essence of Bitcoin and why Satoshi made it in the first place. First, as we've obviously established, to talk about the, the double spend rule. And then also going back to the classic scarcity of the 21 million uh, coins as well. You know, he was trying to prove that theory that finite scarcity, num uh, number of actual blocks, and then do that. And then obviously, as we know, as time evolved, it's then become a store of wealth and a store of value as well. Um, but the initial key thing that he was trying to prove is, the double spend theory, yeah. which is, you know, certainly achieved. Exactly. And everything yeah. else is, you know, as you as we've already said many a time, is inflatable uh, or or could change at any point because it's centralized and not decentralized. I know we've touched upon Dogecoin before, as in the yeah. shit coins, which we talked about, but with this whole Lino thing, the thing which I keep on coming back to is why are you trying to basically reinvent fiat? You know, it's not an improvement mm. on fiat. Literally, Dogecoin is done as a joke because yeah. it's fiat. It inflates every year automatically, whereas, you know, fiat has a greedy government inflating it. So, I, you know, it's literally you're making something digital. What on earth is the point in that? And yeah. that's what I keep on coming back to. What is the benefit of using Dogecoin over cash? It now means that there's... A record transaction of cash so there's less things such as cash transactions so the government can monitor what you're doing so things like tradesmen can't collect cash i suppose drug dealing um tax evasion all those things are now monitored but i'm like but what's the actual advantage for consumer to use doge and i don't actually right. know one apart from it's digital so well, that I, I, and the 8,000 other shit coins as well <laughs> <laughs> that all were spawned from the fact that Bitcoin was born. I, I, I'm still puzzled. Yeah, I, I think I, I know why Elon wants to do Doge. It's because genuinely he thinks in 50-year time frames. And I think once he gets to Mars, he wants a currency for Mars. And he thinks it'd just be so funny if the, the, <laughs> the, the, the native currency of Mars is Dogecoin. He just thinks it'd be funny. And because the thing is, like, when you think about him, he does. I think you're you spot on, Ross. Ross, he is reinventing fiat. It is. It's a centralized system. It's got all the problems with fiat. All the corruption can happen. But he, rather than pick a fiat system that is owned by a government, mm. like the America or Europe or Britain or China, he's going. You know what? Let's just create my own fiat that's got a dog on it, and it's funny. And I'm taking that to Mars. <laughs> I genuinely need I genuinely, something. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right when you say it like that. Because they're going to need something. And it's like, well, yeah. why not take this? And <laughs> let's create a value in this. Because if mm. you're in Mars, what is going to be the currency? Like, to your yeah. point, why do we want to continue using US dollars? That was back on that planet. We've got something brand new over here. Yeah, and, and Americans have too much of an advantage if you take dollars. Because yeah. you know, if you're Zimbabwean, Venezuelan, Spanish, whatever, suddenly you're like, well, yeah. what's my currency conversion? It's not fair. Mm -hmm. Why have you picked dollars? Why don't you pick my currency? And then they have to convert to mine. So he's just gone, we need a new one. We need yeah. a, a native currency for Mars. I was probably thinking about creating one anyway. And then Dogecoin came along. That's funny. Everyone seems to like it. I'll take that. <laughs> but you're taking a flawed currency. You know, surely if you want to create a new civilization, you want to have sound money. 
it's it's only flawed in our mindset. And I think unfortunately, Correct. Elon is a statist. He is. Unfortunately, he is. And I, the reason that when I realize this, it's one thing that I've always disagreed with Elon on, because he he's a CEO of Neuralink, which is an artificial intelligence company. And I've I've heard him discuss it numerous times. And he's genuinely thinks that artificial intelligence is the biggest threat to humanity because he thinks it can go too far and could turn bad. Either people become too powerful that own the AI or AI could take over and go um, aggressive at humans. So his solution to that is to create a government agency and a regulatory body that monitors all artificial intelligence companies and, and monitors them. So you can just see his default to fixing the issue is to get government involved. And... Mm. That fundamentally is not a Bitcoiner's mindset, and we don't think like that. So I think when he, when we see all the frailties of Dogecoin, he doesn't see them in the same way. He just thinks, well, I'm going to look after it. Don't worry. Chill. I've got it. And Bitcoiners go, no, I don't want to trust you. Like someone what, might what get to it? you. Someone might get put a, a gun to one of your kids' heads and go, change this and give me a load of coins or the, your kid gets it. And you're going to do the thing. So... We can't trust you because in the history of civilization, every time a human being gets in control of the money, they either go corrupt or they get just like overthrown and someone corrupt replaces them. It always happens that way. So that's why we won't, don't trust it. But in his mind, I don't think he sees it that way and goes, look, it'll be fine. Don't just trust me. I'll be good. And yeah, that's not going to fly with Bitcoiners. I was just trying to establish what's the inflation rate of Dogecoin. So it's... <laughs> Was it five? Sorry, open on the tab. Five point two billion per year. So that doesn't increase, does it? Um, and that's out of one hundred twenty-nine point five. So I'm guessing the guy who created it created five percent out of well, five out out of a hundred five percent inflation. But it'll become less over time. But still, it's inflating. You know, it's still devaluing whoever has holds their, their cash in it. Yeah, and, and even that, that's a distraction. The fact that it's not centralized, or is centralized, doesn't have decentralization. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just got none of the fundamentals of Bitcoin that makes it secure. It has no hash power, it has no transactions. It's We know who the founders are. Like all these things mm. are just bang, bang, bang. Like just, just as we saw, like if Elon goes much further, he's going to get pulled up in front of Congress. Like we saw what happened to Mark Zuckerberg when he just uttered the words Libra. And a white paper came out about what their plans were within weeks they he were hauled up in front of congress and, and they yeah. were like facebook's going to create its own currency is it what the fuck are you doing and not only did they attack them on the currency front they were very clever because they, they they used the currency as an excuse and then they started going actually isn't facebook really bad for the world didn't you like throw the election isn't this the reason why trump is in power because of facebook don't you need to be split up? Do you have too much power? They just went for the company. And, and, Mark Zuckerberg, and now he's in their pocket. Exactly. Libra, you've never heard about that in the last 12 months. I can guarantee you haven't heard a single word about it because Mark right. Zuckerberg shit himself. They went, cancel that project. Oh, and by the way, whilst you're here, we, we want to own you now. Like, and, and you can see the censorship that's existed in social media ever since that, that whole, whole um, thing happened. Elon is not far away from getting hauled in front of Congress as well. If he gets any kind of traction with Dogecoin, the US government are going to drag him in. And whilst he's in, they're going to go, oh, and by the way, these two companies you're running, Tesla and SpaceX, let's talk about those. And they're going to scare the shit out of him and go, you're getting too big. We might need to break you up. What, what's this? What's that? Like your tweets are a little bit out of there. Like 
and he's he can't meme himself out of that. He's going to be there, and he's he's well, he 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 plays the status game, like he's playing by their rules because he's he's building huge PLC companies in US US jurisdiction. So he and he also works for government for NASA. You know, yeah. well, unless I'm mis- misunderstanding, NASA is government owned, so yeah. he is a yeah. Well, he fundamentally is is employed by them now, and it will become more and more. Um, I suppose more and more money will come into his his businesses from the government. Well, he, he receives tax billions. breaks. Yeah, tax break. He was he receives billions of dollars worth of uh, subsidies for his renewable energy from the U.S. government. So both of his companies are essentially funded by the U.S. government in some shape or form, as well as it's customers. Got, what's the other one called? It was Neuralink and Boring Company. I know yeah. there's another one which is oh about towns or cities i can't remember what it's called exactly oh solar city but yeah yeah, so. yeah he baked that he baked that into tesla yeah he acquired that and baked it into tesla ah uh, fair enough so uh, last week i um well, well not just last week i think i sent you the book at bitcoin hard money you can't fuck with there's a uh, chapter in there talking exactly about um when mark zuckerberg was brought in front of congress and you're absolutely yeah. right you know libra no more but they were actually using bitcoin as their ammunition to say what well, so you're in control of it because to our understanding Bitcoin has no control and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, although we kind of look at, I guess, the government is kind of slow and dumb, when he was pulled, pulled in front of Congress, they were on it and they were very, very sharp. And, and to your point, we've not heard anything more about Libra and I don't think that we will. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that governments act incompetent. So... When they do really corrupt things, they a lot of people just go, that isn't intentional. They're just mm. incompetent. But it's very telling when you attack their money, suddenly they become competent. Well, exactly. I mean, it, he was at a point where he could have had over 2 billion people mm. using his money as opposed to their money, not just Americans, you know, the world. Yeah. They don't want that. They, they were absolutely shit scared. They suddenly, they, they don't see Bitcoin as a threat right now, but they saw Libra as it's going to replace the US dollar. Like people are going to be transacting in Zuckbox and they shit themselves and they dragged him in there and they pretty much put a gun to his head and went, you even try this, we will destroy your company and burn it to the ground. And he just went, all right, project's dead. <laughs> Please don't. And they went, actually, why, whilst we're here, you're fucking responsible for that Trump guy. We're going to stop that one up near happening again as well. <laughs> well, I think it's not so much that they, um, they're not scared of Bitcoin. They can't do fuck all. Mm. Well, there's no, that, there's yeah. the beautiful thing is there's no one for them to bring in front of Congress and do what they did to Mark. Bring, bring in Chad Saylor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the beautiful thing is the worst thing they could do to Chad Saylor is like if they put a gun to his head and went look we're going to shut down microsatry and um, it's, it's all over all they could make him do is sell his bitcoin he can't do anything else it's like you can't stop the project like they did with Mark they can stop the project Libra is done they, get, they bring in Chad Saylor 
they can make him disappear and never talk about Bitcoin again. They can make him sell his Bitcoin. Bitcoin carries on. We lost, we lost a good guy. They got to him, but he's in the Caribbean anyway. He stays out of US jurisdiction. He's, he's smart. He knows that the US government will come for him. That's why he sits in a tax haven. But there's no one that can <laughs> Isn't it interesting as well how time plays out because you've got the Winklevoss twins that are obviously big holders in both Bitcoin and Ethereum and uh, and obviously their history with, with Suck. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's why um, it was very interesting when Mark obviously called one of his goats fucking Bitcoin. It was, oh, is he admitting that that must be a hard pill to swallow right he hates those guys yeah and they obviously they took his money that he thinks that they he they stole from him put it into bitcoin at a hundred dollars and for him to now take his own money and be putting it into the same asset but at fifty thousand dollars that's got a sting (laughs) that's got a sting but but he is a billionaire you know i think it's all relative I know, but it's it's he's a competitive guy, right? So he's like, I lost to them. Like they were right, I was wrong. It's a big admission. Mm. So even though it's a, the right play, like a computer just does the play. But yeah, we're human beings. It's like, no, no, I, I hate you, right? Zucker, you Zucker bought Bitcoin at hundred dollars. I'm not going to buy it at fifty thousand. Go fuck yourself. No, I'd rather fucking lose everything than admit yeah. I was wrong to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so a um, waste of time, either. Yeah, so after really ranting early. on about so ranting on about Elon, do we want to talk about the um, Bitcoin correction? Because I think we were talking about, about that before um, Darnell turned up. Yeah, yeah. So what is it? Yeah, that, we've now gone from was it? it depends on where you're talking dollars or pounds, but it's like about sixty-five or forty-seven thousand pounds, and we're now down to thirty thousand pounds, and like then was it forty-three thousand dollars? About a thirty percent correction. This is a uh, probably the biggest one of the bull run. So, like, how's everyone feeling? Get rid of the paper hands. I, I feel so good. <laughs> I, I feel like, honestly, so good. Long may it last as well. Um, and the reason I say it is because, similar to yourself, Ross, in terms of like having been in Bitcoin for a while now, but. Before, I didn't really know. And before, I didn't have the Bitcoin standard. If I'd have had the Bitcoin standard previously at the uh, the drop in 2018, when I could have been stacking sats, I would have been stacking sats. And I didn't. Whereas now, I'm like, okay, bring on the cold winter part two. Let it happen. So I'm good. And, and, by, think... and by cold winter in this instance, like we're in the middle of a bull run. So corrections they're, they're short term they, they, they feel yeah. painful when you're going through it but there are a couple of weeks and like when, when you're in it a couple of weeks feels like years but when you really yeah. zoom out like it's it was only like two months ago we had the last 30 percent correction that one was hurting everyone then we pump on yeah. up like another 100 percent up now we've come back 30 percent again everyone's hurting everyone's thinking it's all over but all Still i'm thinking 50% is percent of all time high right what's that we're still 50% on top of all-time high if, if we were using UK pounds of like if 20k was the highest and now we're at 30, well, we're still above all-time high. Yeah. I think what will hurt a bit more is when it drops below my average. That'll hurt a bit. But it's ultimately having conviction around what we've bought. 
you know, I didn't just buy in because I read an article. I bought mm. in because I've used your app. I've read the Bitcoin standard. I've um, read um, Laid Money. I've read various articles, lots of which you've published, Gats, lots which other people have published. So I wouldn't say I'm well read because there's much which I don't understand and there's much which I've got to learn, but I've got conviction in what I've actually bought into. And this is probably the most research, aside from the shares which I own in my, in my company, which I work for, of which I've actually done on an investment of my, mm. you know, the company which I work for, I've been working for them for donkey's years. So I know them, I know what they do. I understand the business, whereas for an actual investment, it, it's a lot more reading than I've ever done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I've done that, I guess, on the, um, the property front and done a lot of reading there. And I've also done the reading on money, just money in general and money dying. <laughs> and that's, of course, you know, the, the clear thing that we're seeing right now when the money printer goes, <laughs> this is all that's happening and we need sound money. And ultimately, Bitcoin is that sound money, that sound money investment of when things of what we're seeing right now in terms of the nature of the, the money printer, um, people getting paid by governments uh, to stay at home. And it's just it's just a joke, isn't it? That really? is like the thing which probably pisses me up most off about this current situation is that sitting mm. at home and getting paid, you know, it's ridiculous. It is possibly one of the most ridiculous things which has happened in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, you know, I'm going through probably a different stage to you, Darnell. I'm reading more about money at the moment. Mm. It is, it's a year of education. But I mean, going back to the actual topic, one of my points which I've written down is it's still early because if it's this volatile yeah, based upon yeah. one individual, we are still so early. So anyone who's thinking about investing, just remember it, it's very early for it to be this volatile about one individual putting out a statement. Yeah. Because that's the thing. I, I tweeted today that this bull run is boring. It's um, This is just Elon fucking about. Like If you go back to 2017, we had real OG Bitcoiners attacking Bitcoin, saying the same thing to Elon saying, actually. They wanted bigger blocks, more transactions, lower fees. Bitcoin was broken. And they're trying to hack Bitcoin itself. And in the end, they forked off, created Bcash, Bitcoin SV, Vitalik left years before that and created Ethereum. Like we were getting attacked from within. And these guys had access and lots of Bitcoin themselves. They had access to developers. They had control over a large percent of the mining community. They could genuinely do damage to us. It was scary. The FUD back then was actually laced with real danger that if these guys actually do what they, they want, they're saying they're going to do, they have the ability to do it. Elon mm. comes in, it's literally just noise. He knows he can't affect Bitcoin, which is why he's just gone. Well, he, he has zero control. Like he doesn't own any miners. He doesn't control any developers. He's just a voice. He's a billionaire of a voice. He's a celebrity. It's that's all he is to Bitcoin. He's a celeb. And the, and then the, when you see Bitcoin correcting 30% based on a celebrity deciding he doesn't like Bitcoin anymore and he prefers Dogecoin. It's so beautiful because you just go, 
the fundamentals of Bitcoin have not changed and are not even slightly at risk of changing. Back then, the fundamentals of Bitcoin were at risk. There was genuine people inside Bitcoin trying to edit Satoshi's code and break it. So Bitcoin had a genuine risk of being broken and not being sound money anymore. That is a genuine risk. And when I was living through that and seeing 30, 40% corrections, they were scaring me. Number one, because it was probably the first time I was going through this, but also the risks were real. This, it's complete bullshit. Like the, if you understand Bitcoin and you see Elon just bad mouth it and a lot of people sell Bitcoin because they don't, they follow Elon. You just laugh at it and go, the fundamentals of Bitcoin have not changed. They have no danger of changing. This is just a discount Bitcoin. It's, it's Black Friday, 30% off. Buy all you can. Stack your sats yep. today. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish I did have some um, dry powder for that. But Well, the, the beautiful thing is about this one, I, I didn't have dry powder until Elon went and fucked me off. So for the first time in <laughs> 10 years, first time in 10 so years, I am now officially not a Tesla shareholder. I sold not every fucking owl. I sold every fucking one. I'm waiting for the money to hit my bank account. Once it hits it, it's being plowed into Bitcoin. So you got Michael Burry on him and shorted him. I would, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to short him. I don't want to, I don't want to see him fail, but I'm selling. So I'm neutral. Yeah. I'm neutral. Yeah, exactly. but, well, actually, I am still positive. I'm still positive on Tesla space. <laughs> I still want them to do well, but I remove my money and stacked sats. It's a bit of a fuck off Elon. And maybe over time, I'll buy a little bit of Tesla back. But right now, but they've, got to, they've got to improve their environmental um, <laughs> factors, you know, that cobalt, that lithium. <laughs> They need to sort yeah. that out. Yeah. yeah. That's until, not sustainable. Yeah. I totally agree, Russ. I totally agree. And until you answer those <laughs> questions, then I'm not going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking about so, buying Tesla. It was one of the investments which I've been watching to hopefully buy at the right time or maybe just commit, you know, because there's never a right time until you look back at it. But now I probably can't bring myself to, to buy. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't think there'd been, um, I'll probably have to look back at it, but I recall Charlie Munger and um, Warren Buffett specifically saying that they wouldn't invest into Tesla because over the last hundred years, there's not been like an American car company that's been successful. Um, like, obviously, you've got Ford, you've got GE, but then you've got the likes of Hyundai and Nissan and all the rest of them in the East. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That had obviously taken a lot of their market share because they could do it better and cheaper. And now we've seen, I think I saw something today where Lamborghini from 2024 Mm. will have their electric cars as well. So obviously Tesla's done something really good, but I think for them, they said, you know, we, we don't believe in it. And those guys are obviously really well read, but not necessarily the most tech savvy. But on car companies, that I think they were quite key on, yeah, we don't think this is going to work long term. Yeah, well, well, I, think, I think they've been fundamentally proven wrong on that, though, haven't they? Because I think they said that about 10 years ago about Tesla, saying there's not been an American car company that's ever made it. It's just too tough. And he's not mm. only trying to be 
go into the same sector and be a like an oil powered car he's trying to make it electric so mm. he's, he's like doubling down on the difficulty but now he's yeah. already the number one seller of cars in the, in america is tesla so yeah he's proven those guys wrong and i think yeah. they're dinosaurs now i honestly do think that they're good guys i like the berkshire hathaway guys but the last 20 years What's that? Fuck Charlie, fuck Charlie Munger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the last, the last twenty years. I think the last twenty years they've underperformed the S and P five hundred. They, they're done. They're done. Like, they, their day is done. I think it's two or three times they outperformed it, and I think if you took away their investment in Apple, they yeah. would have got slaughtered. Yeah, and they you missed know, Apple. So, well, one saving grace. But yeah. back to my point, Charlie Munger can go and fuck himself. <laughs> it's so <laughs> Warren Buffett can go fuck himself as well. They're, they can no. go fuck themselves. What, he eats Warren McDonald's Buffett. every day. Like who? You can't trust someone that eats McDonald's every day. Yeah, I mean, look at Bill Gates. But anyway, um, Charlie <laughs> Munger's comments about Bitcoin, whereas at least Warren Buffett refused to comment on something which which he didn't understand. And he's called it rat, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's called it Rat Poison Squared. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's right. Charlie Munger. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was Charlie? I think. Yeah, in Charlie's come out with it's kidnappers, extortionate. Um, yeah, rat poison, disgusting, contrary, um, you know, to um, civilization. So he said all this, very uninformed to make a decision like that. I mean, to make a statement like that. Whereas um, Warren Buffett, he, I think he's just refused to comment on it. So he, he has definitely commented on it, and he has not been. Yeah, positive. he's he's. And there's also there's also been a guy that's been named as the greatest investor as uh, Jim Simons as well, uh, who, I, who I came across. And he's like had about 66 uh, X percentage in terms of like his returns, but not very well known. But uh, so look into him, Jim Simons. Yeah, I've just typed in Warren Buffett and Bitcoin. Yeah, he has said that. So, <laughs> so fuck him too. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both. But, but I, I, still, I, I do. Yeah. See, I still do like him though. I've, obviously, you got to admire someone like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like they, they were in their in their day. There's loads to learn from them. They they came from nothing. They became billionaires. Like fair play. Like talk about low time preference. Fucking Warren Buffett is like low time preference. The fucking key i, I remember yeah. watching a documentary on him where his wife was getting so angry at him because they wanted to, he wanted to do all these altruistic like nice things to, to the world and give back and i think he grew his wealth from like basically nothing to about 10 billion and his wife was going isn't it about time we actually start giving back and doing some stuff now and he's like i haven't even got started like this and he's like yeah. i think he's about 70 at this point and, and she's going seriously like this is the time to start and he's like, but I'm about to make it big. And it's like, you already are. And he ended up proving himself right because he went from that 10 billion to like 200 billion or something crazy over the next 10 years into his 80s. But his wife ended up leaving him and he yeah. didn't kind of care. He was like, I'm on she my mission. To, and She needs to sort her time preference. <laughs> she wanted to spend a little bit of money before she was 80. And to be honest, I'm on her side on that one. Like, just don't wait until you're 80 until you start spending a little bit of money. Like, fucking hell, Warren. Like, there's low time preference. And then it's just ice cold. He, he does preference. think that you just continue for forever. And unfortunately, he's proven a lot of people right. You know, he's staying in the game. He's 90. What's he now about 92 or something like that? 
Yeah. Yeah. I and think it, 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 it works out when you end up getting to 92, but imagine if he'd had a heart attack at like you know, yeah. 74. Like he would have never spent a penny. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you've got to be, you know, shrewd with your money, as in, you know, plan for, well, these are the normal plebs, you know, plan ahead. Um, and that, I suppose budget out your years, but when you've got 10 billion in, 10 billion in the bank, you, you can probably afford to buy um, a luxury cruise or whatever his wife wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Should we go on to Revolut? Because uh, just gonna we, say, where's Darnell's pictures? Picture gone. Uh, he's probably like doing some dick pics for the fans again. Yeah, for OnlyFans. Um, yeah, Revolut. I think obviously great step forward. I mean, we all love the app um, for stacking sats when we pay. But I have realised that my um, available money has started being absolute trash since I started using the ten times. Good. Like I never, I never have any money. And I'm, but when I look at it and go, it doesn't seem to be going up that fast. I just seem to have no money and no sats in my Revolut account. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I love it because I literally call it like stealing from yourself, St- stealing from present Ross and giving to future Ross. That's what you're doing. But and uh, it, it, it's, it's hard so the mindset. Hard. Yeah. So I'm just having a quick look to see what I've gotten. So I've got money. I bought some crypto through their, um, through their app ages ago and I think it's gone up significantly but it's just sitting there because I've been waiting for withdrawal and then the actual vault yeah it just doesn't seem a lot for how much it seems to punish me <laughs> <laughs> and I've got I went for the 10 times and it's telling me yeah but I'm getting a bit into the account but it just feels like I've never got any money but I am also putting money into Bitcoin every week as well so I think it's just double it's doubling down on what I've ever done before but, yeah. you know, I didn't need a new pair of trainers. I put that off for about two months. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, uh, yeah. I put I so much off these days. Yeah, I was like, you can't buy a new pair of trainers because you need to buy sats. And then, yeah, my trainers really did start to get a hold of them. I thought I'd better really buy, <laughs> better buy a better pair. So I'm a middle-aged man. I can't be walking around like a tramp. Yeah, you got to do the odd thing, yeah. But I, I think it's great, yeah. I think I, I spoke, like, I, I've spoken to the Revolut support and I tweeted them to like call them out on it a little bit because they have introduced withdrawals, which is great because the problem with Revolut, when you do stack stats in Revolut via this change thing, I think it's great. I love it. And I, I, I always say I'm stealing from my future, my, my present self and giving to my future self. So even though I stack stats independently outside of it, this just, I give myself a budget each month anyway. And then I steal from that. I love the fact that I steal from myself. And still from the budget. Yeah, I steal from my own budget. Which, and I know I am, but I kind of secretly love it. And I still try and round things up to the pound. So I stack the full 10 pounds into stats. I still, I, I actually game it to steal more from myself. I, yeah. I secretly just, I don't know, I, I just love it. And, and it's, uh, buying, it's buying things like, you know, I buy from Amazon. I get charged sats on top. So every transaction which I put through on it, I get charged extra. It's like, oh, I want to buy, what was it, a toilet flusher the other day because it broke and I don't want to have to go to shop because I'm going to be working. So I ordered it. You got punished with sats. Yeah. And I, my, my brother always complains. He buys lunch and I think it's like exactly £4 and it's like it ends up being 10 or £14. And he's like, my lunches are so expensive. I can barely afford to buy lunch anymore. And it's like, but now he's been doing it for like a couple of years and he's like, oh my God, the sats are so much. And like, there's so much. He's like, there you go. 
and like because my overall is the amount of money I have spent on Revolut in fiat. I have more money in Sats than I have ever spent on the app itself. So mm. when you talk about stealing from yourself, like not only have I saved the spare change, it's like every bit of spare change because Bitcoin goes up by so much, it is actually paid for the entire payment of the thing that I brought. The spare change became more than the payment. So I have more money now in Bitcoin than I have ever spent in pounds on Revolut. That is so crazy. So I purchased it. Well, I went with a package. What was it? Start of this year, somehow. Sometime to, as a bit of an experiment. I thought if I do it for a year, I'll be able to measure it probably by the end of the year because we're going to see. I thought a bit of growth. So it cost what was it, hundred and twenty nine pounds or something for a year. Yeah. So it's basically. Yeah. You know, you can tot it up over a year and I think it gives you the analytics. So I'll be able to have a look to see what kind of return I've had on it. Because that's how I've looked at it. Is it going to get me back? I get a, I get a nice fancy card, but will I get more back over a year? I love the card, by the way. It is great. Yeah. Every time you I need to invest in the card. It is. I did it just for the card. It, I did, they didn't even have Bitcoin payments when I got it. And every time you, <laughs> every time you pay with that card, people grab it and go, oh, what's this? They, they, they think it's like a really hard card to get. Like it's the ultimate black card. It's like that costs 10 quid a month. Like it's nothing. Like any more one it, can get that. Like, it's yeah. gr- great for a single man. Only one of us is single though, guys. Mm. <laughs> there you go. That was... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You always mm. never... I, I might edit it. that part. That's <laughs> yeah. I, might, I might edit that out. I don't want to hear it when I share the podcast to say what you think of this. No, yeah. you're never fully single when you're single, but uh, but but yeah, with with um, good change with Revolut, of tact. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the problem with Revolut, <laughs> though, going <laughs> going back to Revolut, is the issue with it is you can withdraw, but like now I've I've realised the problem with it. You, you 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 number one, you can only add three addresses to withdraw to, which is which is largely fine, and you have to um, legally um, agree that these addresses are owned by you, so you're not allowed to send it to anyone else which okay interesting it doesn't really matter but once you get it out and it's in your wallet then you can do whatever the fuck you want with it i was gonna say yeah it's probably for those kind of transactions for drugs which are kind of doing exactly it for, aren't they exactly because what what they would have to do legally if it wasn't your address say i was sending it to you they would now need to kyc the address at both ends so they need to mm. kyc you if kyc'd me they need now need to know who i'm sending it to so the fact that it's the oh. same person means the regulation is, is okay, but they've got quite big restrictions on how much you can send out. It's 500 pounds a day and 1,000 pounds a month, which for me, who's been stacking for like four years, that's going to take me, depending on the price of Bitcoin, like right now, it's going to take me about, it's going to take me about five years right now to get out, to get all of it out. And if the price of Bitcoin, I've got a feeling it's going to outrun me. So I reckon I'm not going to be finished withdrawing by the time I die. <laughs> so, yeah. so I suppose one way to look at it is you've got your main stack and then that could be your um, potential spends for the rest of your life. You know, yeah. you've got your big store of value. And I yeah, suppose that... that's... Yeah, so I think risk... for me, I'll, I'll never get up to that situation, you know, even if it gets up to, I don't know, a million pounds of coin because I just don't think I'll ever really see, see that much, but I just figure it's a good way of saving. Yeah, well, I think I'm in quite a unique situation because I spoke to their support and they're like, well, everyone can withdraw it in a couple of months. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, look at my balance. It's going to take me fucking forever. <laughs> and they went, oh, yeah, uh, 
sorry, there's nothing we can do. I'm like, what? So the, the only really way of me doing it is to actually sell it. The problem is Revolut's fees are stupid. They're like two and a half percent, which is crazy mm. high. It's crazy high to sell it at two and a half percent. Yeah, like I'd much rather sell it on an exchange. And then obviously I also then it's a taxable event. So I get taxed. I pay the two and a half percent. And all I want to do is buy the Bitcoin back and put it into my cold storage. So that is why I just want to withdraw it. I don't want to sell it. So that's yeah. the issue that I'm in. So essentially, I, I always kind of knew it anyway. The Revolut stack was always going to be that that's always going to be if I'm going to sell any Bitcoin, that's going to be the Bitcoin I sell because it's number one custodial. Number two, it's kind of stuck and just it's yeah, the stuff on my ledger is it's like a beauty pattern, isn't it? It's yeah. just there. Yeah, if I just screenshot it to send to you guys to show how much it's gone up to anymore, that's the only reason I got it. <laughs> yeah, then we can all cry about how little we've got in ours. Yeah, <laughs> mine's like thirty-five quid right now, given the price of Bitcoin. But I only really, yeah, I only really started using it the other month, so yeah. Um, but I need to, uh, and how, I need to. How many times are you doing? Two times at the minute, but I need to ten x it. Yeah. yeah, I went 10x. I thought once I got rid of some of my expenses, I went 10x it. Let's force myself. I don't think yeah. you announced it's... you 10x'd it because I think I think you 2x'd it or something. And I was like, you'll be a real Bitcoiner once you press that 10x. And you've, you've pressed it. Well done. I don't know how long ago it's been a while because it's been bloody painful for months. <laughs> <laughs> I need a pay raise just to, to deal with this. No yeah. pain, no gain. Danel knows this in the gym. I know this. Exactly that. And uh, you've seen I've been putting in some rides, Ross. You know, after our ride last week, that didn't happen. What, a one-mile ride? Yeah, literally, not even that, was it? I, uh, I I did about six and a bit when I got home. So whilst you're in your pyjamas, I, uh, I unloaded the bike and went round the block. I, I did the route on um, Sunday just to do it. And it's yeah. got quite, quite a lot of climbing in there and it took it said what two hours 47 or 50 i think it was it took okay. me two hours 10 and i don't think i was really busting a gut oh, nice nice so i have to do that i suppose the, the pain and gain i suppose comment is um end of june 100 mile ride yeah mr walker yeah. myself definitely so what we got here bitcoin car at the 105th indianapolis I'm glad I actually found the right thing because I was having a look into this and it's it's saying sponsored by Bitcoin, but it's Strike, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Jack Mallers, who's Jack Mallers, by the way, is an absolute legend in Bitcoin. And uh, so, yeah, I've got a, I've got a cool quote from him, which I found in an article. Um, so this year, Ed is racing for human freedom, financial literacy, financial inclusivity, and is using the platform he's earned throughout his career to promote the most, most powerful message possible in pushing humanity forward. We're tremendously proud to support his efforts. Yeah, um, that's a really cool statement. You know, someone who absolutely loves Bitcoin. Yeah, Jack, I would really encourage you because he's a young lad. I met him in Vegas actually uh, last year, and uh, he just founded Strike at the time. And he's he's probably like twenty five. He's quite a young lad. He speaks wow. incredibly well about Bitcoin. He is so smart. He's built one of the biggest payment companies in Bitcoin already, and he's just nailing it. And this is a bit of a marketing ploy. So 
he's he's sponsoring this car. Uh, Bitcoiners can sponsor it. You can go on his website and send him some Bitcoin, and it helps sponsor this car. And uh, it's just a bit of marketing. And I, I think it's I don't know. It's a little bit of a throwaway thing because Bitcoin doesn't need marketing. I don't think putting Bitcoin on a car really is going to do that much. But because the thing is, like, it does bring back kind of 2017 PSD PTSD for me because there was a Dogecoin car back then as well. So it doesn't mean there was a Dogecoin fucking. It was a NASCAR. This is Indy five Indy um Indy five hundred, uh, but they did a NASCAR of Dogecoin and yeah, it's so anyone can do it. You, you, you don't need that much money to sponsor a car like this, but yeah. you know, fair play that he's doing it. And then, um, yeah, I just had a bit of a hat tip over here on the right hand side to Jessica Vaughan, uh, who's a Bitcoiner. She's, um, also a playboy bunny and, uh, I think a bit of a glamour model. And, uh, yeah, me and Mark were like, just, I mentioned her in a tweet to Mark over this week. And as she just, slid in the dms and like well not the dms but she slid into the like dm and uh she liked yeah. the comment and we don't be saying dms in front of your missus when she watches <laughs> this yeah. hey jessica vaughan <laughs> jessica vaughan if, you, if you're a bitcoin she also she's also read the bitcoin standard it's one of her like pinned tweets is she's read the bitcoin standard and that's that's a hint any girl that wants to be wants to have an in on a bitcoiner read the bitcoin standard and like we're putty in your hands it's uh this is a, an interesting thing, actually, that these guys are sponsoring this because I just saw that the exchange FTX um, are sponsoring the Miami Heat, um, so the basketball team, okay. and they've got a 19-year deal worth $135 million, and they are renaming the stadium. So I guess the Heat aren't on fire right now anymore because uh, they used to have LeBron um, and they used to have Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh once upon a time so they were like their three big men and then they also once upon a time used to have Shaquille O'Neal there but Miami is a pro-Bitcoin city with uh, Mayor Francis, uh, Francis Suarez all pro-Bitcoin there so he's like yep come on come on I'm, I'm all for this so as a city, I probably would guess that there's going to be some conferences happening in Miami and uh, Mayor Francis Suarez will, will be there backing it. But okay. yeah, just remind me of that car. Yeah, well, well, Bitcoin 2021 is June 1st and 2nd in Miami. There you biggest go. Conference, biggest conference of the last, like there's like 20,000 people have signed up or something. Like the biggest conference up until now in Bitcoin has been like 2,000 people. 20,000 have signed up for this one. So it's it's a, year, it's a year of pent-up demand, admittedly, because of, yeah. of lockdown. But it also just shows the amount of new people that have got in because hmm. the, the tickets have just sold out like wildfire. And um, I'm what, still... What is it about Florida at the moment? You know, you've always had them in the past what a dump it is and like Florida, man, and now they just seem to be... Low tax, things. by the way, because people have moved from the other states um such as uh, but their governor as well california but their governor's on fire ron um desantis yeah miami um it just seems like florida and texas are where it's happening now yeah yeah they just also something else on that car number 21 as well which we haven't mentioned a little cheeky reference is it number 21 is it yep 
Nice. That's beautiful. And there's Bitcoin references everywhere, I'm sure. Nice. And then uh, the never bit of news story I wanted to throw in was Pomp. Is this a... Oh. oh. So is this the... Um... So it is what I thought it was because you put eat, yeah. eatbitcoinpizza.com and I was just like, <laughs> I had a good Google. And I was just like, is it about the anniversary of the 22nd of the 5th? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. The most expensive pizza ever, 303 million uh, <laughs> by today's money. So 303, pounds and 70 pence when I had a Google on it. Yeah, yeah. So Phenomenal. I think, so, so basically Pomp of the Pomp podcast and like, many other things which actually incidentally you know jessica vaughan who we just mentioned she was on mm. the pomp podcast today so it hasn't oh. it hasn't come out yet but that's that links to two stories but yeah right. so he, okay he's um i'd be interested to hear what she got to say actually because I've, I've seen her some yeah. of her tweets on bitcoin and they seem quite coherent and she seems to get it so it'll be interesting to hear her for an hour on with pomp to see whether she really does get it or whether she's just larping but um this is the yeah. This is Pomp's like. It's a, it's a bit of a joke, I think, and it is the Bitcoin Pizza anniversary this weekend. So he's literally just created a Bitcoin Pizza um, like company here, where they're partnering with pizza companies all around the globe or all around America, actually. And he's, they're giving them all these Bitcoin Pizza boxes, and you can buy pizzas like no keys, no cheese, laser eyes, Capital Greens, and Satoshi's favorite. And uh, you, weirdly, you can't pay him Bitcoin, which he's got a lot of shit about. But um, oh, you can pay him Fiat, and then you get your Bitcoin pizza. All these pizzas you, are like... Why do you want another £303 million pizza? <laughs> it's, <laughs> probably wise, it's probably wise, isn't it, to inform people not to pay for their pizza in Bitcoin. Same as coffee or any other small transactions. Right now, between, I guess, you know, the present... And the next halving just stacks at. Yeah. yeah, just have to hope Star Starbucks doesn't start accepting Bitcoin, otherwise Mark's fucked. <laughs> 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 is, the problem is, like in reality, like if you're holding fiat, then you're already ten, you're already screwing yourself out of the Bitcoin gains anyway. So it's one of those where whether you have fiat and spend it on pizza, or convert your fiat into Bitcoin and spend it on pizza, like either way. If you're buying a pizza, you're screwing yourself. It doesn't matter if you spend yeah. it in fiat. Like every payment you do in fiat, you need to look back in history and go, "Oh, that could have been a hundred times more in Bitcoin." So it's one of those where I, I, yeah, it's I, I do think if you're going to launch BitcoinPizza.com, you do just accept Lightning or accept Bitcoin. He sh he should have done that bit because that's the number one um, criticism. But it's great because the fact that what the big thing behind Bitcoin pizza and why Pomp has done it is the price of these pizzas is quite inflated. So there's probably like a 20 to 50% premium on each of the pizzas. So that 20 to 50% premium, 100% of the premium is going to Bitcoin developers. He's donating it. Right. So the rest of the money goes to the pizza house who's building the Bitcoin, uh, building the, the pizza and delivering it. The rest of the money goes straight to Bitcoin developers as going to a charity that that basically funds Bitcoin developers to to work on the protocol. There's no direct way of paying Bitcoin developers. It's not really a thing. There's no real ecosystem around paying Bitcoin developers. It's like Bitcoin Developers Union. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> with the miners, like the miners, they're baked into the system. Satoshi thought about yeah. that. And they get paid every block. It's nice and simple. The economics are just 
done. If you're a developer, they're by and large voluntary and you just got to hope they've got a stack of Bitcoin and they are developing to help secure their investment. But it's nice to actually give them a wage as well and actually give them money that they can then stack sats on the side as well. Yeah. So this yeah. is one of the initiatives that does it. It seems great. If I was in America, I'd be buying some Bitcoin pizza this weekend, but I'm not, so I can just admire it. And I, I love little things like this. It's just great. And uh, it sounds, it looks great. Pomp's got a lot of shit for it already. And um, I think it's a shame. Bitcoin is a harsh. Oh. And we unless things are 100% pure, Bitcoiners just destroy it. And um, this is like ninety percent pure. It's it's good. It's just fundamentally a load of money from this initiative is going to get to Bitcoin developers, and then a load of people can get some pizza. Come on, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. And I think Pump Pump does get a lot of shit, but for things like this. But he's also created that uh, crypto jobs board as well um, for people you know, to create people to move from normal corporate into the Bitcoin world or crypto world. So uh, I think more people should be doing things like that. Yeah. Well, I think I did have a look through that, through that <laughs> for the jobs. Like, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Lost his Anything take you fancy? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I did, but I was just interested to actually know what was going on. So I think yeah. he posts on Twitter and I just um, went on to the link. I think um, yeah. Pomp wants a chief hand jobber. You might be. <laughs> <laughs> it pays a couple of sats an hour. Sounds reasonable. Is <laughs> <laughs> there a job you can love? Yeah. Got, no, what nice, was the next topic? We got a nice sensible one here, haven't we? The rise of central bank digital currencies. Which oh, I think this no. kind of fits. Some, I kind of thought, you know, it almost fitted in with Dogecoin. Because, you know, oh. from, from what I understand, it's fundamentally the same. They're just creating digital fiat again. Well, it's kind of like it's two things. You're absolutely right. It is digital fiat. But it goes back to what we've spoken about before, about uh, central bank controlling individuals and maybe getting them to move away from fear into CB, uh, CBDs. And then once you're in that, they then can understand where you spend your money, but equally recoup tax straight off the bat. So if you're in that, they can say, okay, um, this year you owe us this much. And rather than you having to file for your tax return, they can just be like, oh, well, we'll just take it out of the, the central bank digital currency straight away. And, and also, so the way that I've seen it, and um, again, um, reading that book, um, Bitcoin, hard money you can't fuck with, is... In China, this is happening already. And obviously, if you do certain things based on the, I guess, the control that the government have, they can ensure that, right, you're not allowed on that train, like the fast train that might take you to work, or you're not allowed to travel because you've violated a law that we're not happy with. But then they can also go 
the stage further of, oh, you've given to a charity that we've not approved or that we don't like, and you voted in a, in a, in a way. So it goes beyond just the actual money itself, and it's going back to the control. And as we know, Bitcoin gives you the control and not the government the control. So that's why I wanted to bring it up and obviously discuss. Yeah, where did uh, you hear about the fact that they would um, automatically like take their take your tax automatically? Where's is that the bank yeah. saying that? Like, or who's saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, again in the book, um, Hard Money to Fund, oh, and and that. So yeah, so that's what they're planning on doing. I mean, the fact that. I think the stats on the the number of people that they've stopped from flying was about 5 million or so in China and about 17 million are, uh, in terms of certain train rides because they violated things that they believe they don't want them to be doing. Yeah. So it, it, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because... Yeah, it's scary. Exactly, it's scary. Yeah, yeah, because it's crazy because the fact that when you talk about central bank digital currencies and opposed to crypto, you think they would mm. be slightly aligned because yeah. are they just the same thing, but someone else owns it? But actually, in reality, they are complete polar opposites because mm. I, I hate saying crypto, but essentially Bitcoin was created to be self-sovereign and independent and have just privacy of what you, how you spend your money, where you keep it, who you interact with, who you trade yeah. with, completely down to you. That is why Bitcoin was created. And the banks are coming along going, oh, we've got our own version. It's the yeah. same, but a little bit different. And in reality, it's like completely the opposite because literally this gives them complete surveillance, complete yes. control. They can, they can freeze your money whenever they want. They can watch whoever right. you're sending it to, whatever it's for. They can judge you exactly like they can block you from certain train rides because if everyone uses the same digital currency, they can know who you're interacting with. They can follow your identity, attach it to your money. And it's, yeah, it's China in a nutshell, but for the globe. And yeah. it's, super, it's super smart of them. Like if I was them and they're, they're realizing that fear is failing and they need to reinvent it and like give it a new shine and cryptocurrency is rising, just tag along and go oh here's the new the new crypto but this one's backed by the governments and by banks trust this like it will never fail because we've never failed and so i get it but it's it's ironic at how different it is that right yeah it's a wolf in sheep's clothing basically uh, and trying to align it to the new hot thing of like cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin when it's completely the opposite, again, is just a classic yeah. government spin. Yeah, and it, it's, an, and so, it's an excuse for them to get rid of cash because they hate yeah. cash. Cash is exactly. actually the most genuinely anonymous payment you can ever do because yeah, no one knows. the biggest threat. Yeah, it's they, they hate cash because you can just take that yeah. out of a bank and I can pay people cash in hand and they have no clue that transaction happened they want to delete that and i think that's a big reason why they've created like this whole pandemic thing it's another reason to go oh cash is genuinely dirty now it can spread a pandemic so delete mm. that let's go digital and in reality all that really means is that now we can track 
every single transaction because the, the only reason why drugs is still such a huge business is because cash exists. No one's doing bank transfers to their drug dealer. Not if you're sane anyway. And <laughs> if cash disappears, like how do you buy drugs now? You have, well, to, to, to a certain extent, you have to go off and start spending some Bitcoin in a wallet that's like coin joined four, four hops away from yourself. And that's, that's a lot so, harder. So let's think about this because it was, it was like tax evasion, money laundering, and obviously things like drug dealing, which I want to stop. So the drug dealing, like you said, how, how do they get around that? And it, it would either be, what you do, turn up with like four Goodfellas pizzas or something, <laughs> <for> payment. <laughs> you know. You're back to bartering. Yeah, exactly. You basically, yeah. you'd have to give products. So you give you, you give some product to um, a drug dealer, but the drug dealer's got to pay his drug dealer. What does he give him? And it's basically be a chain of bartering and somehow there's got to be cash introduced. So it does kind of make it fall flat on its face. Well, it, it comes back to Bitcoin, doesn't it? You just got a coin join your Bitcoin. So it's away from your KYC account. And now you can exchange value safely. You just got to make sure you do it when don't do it directly from your Coinbase fucking account straight to your drug dealer. Like send it to a wallet, coin join it a couple of times, put it to a wallet that isn't attached to yourself. And now it's safe. Now you can do what you want with it. And it's, it's anonymous and, and you, now you got your privacy, but it's harder. Think, that is a lot harder for people than just taking out 50 quid from your bank and then giving it to your drug dealer down the road. Yeah. It's, uh, that's but, a lot tougher. but if you're going to, if you're going to have, like um, a central bank which deals with digital cash, government government owned and so on, how are you going to get your money into Coinbase? Because with that level of control, they're not going to want to let, let go into another currency. And that's what kind of level you get to when you get to this kind of like government central bank. Because we're not going to have HSBC, we're not going to have Santander, we're not going to have Revolut if this comes in. It's going to be the UK bank and everyone banks with the UK bank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, it can be linked uh, to your credit score as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you get full-on digital identity through this, affordability, everything, the whole works, the kind of stuff which I've talked about that I think it will happen at some time. And that kind of suggestion yeah. when I was reading through this, go, it's scary. But one thing which we can trust the government to do is fuck it up. So accidentally wiping people's accounts, ruining credit, outages, things like that, because... You know, oh, I don't know how to say this in a nice possible way, but the government is not known for doing things properly. Yeah, it's it's the whole Black Mirror episode, isn't it? Where there's that girl that's just trying to get a house in a certain neighborhood, and you need a certain level of score to get in there. And she talks wrong to the cafeteria, and he doesn't like her. Dig downgrades her, and it's just it's a horrendous world where. We genuinely have digital identity in every single interaction. We get marked and graded on it and it attaches to our money. It depends on where we can get property. It depends on who we're allowed to have relationships with. It depends where you can have yeah. jobs. You just don't want this authoritarian thing. You want that, just let people be people. And if we digitize yeah. completely everything, it doesn't look like there's a good end game there. And this is digitizing the money to this extent and attaching your identity to it. But it's, all you got to do is go, who's who's owning it? It's almost, if, if someone like a freaking Elon, like bring it back to the freaking that, if someone like him was owning it, I would be slightly more positive. But this is the banks, which the banks are inherently the government. And they, I right. know they don't have our best intentions at heart. They are just going to use it to control us, a reason to put us in prison, 
a reason, a reason to stop us from investing in certain things because they only want their mates to. It's just not going to be positive. So I just reject it completely. It looks like a scam. It, it's fiat rebranded. Fuck this. Bitcoin's the answer, well, you, not this. You kind of think it's a scam. In the, in the extreme case, I'll be looking at your transaction history and what you've actually bought. So if you do want to go into hospital for, say, liver treatment, mm. I know you've been drinking too much, you've been to the pub, we can see you bought alcohol on these dates, or um, you're a smoker, you buy fatty food, sugar, whatever. I just don't think this goes down way, where we've where, where people think it will. I yeah. think this leads us down a really bad route, which we are currently going down at the moment. Well, ultimately, I think that's what they want, though. That's exactly what they want. They want to be able to see everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if all our money is currently going to uh, Mr. Bezos, <laughs> then, then, okay, we want to see what exactly is going, you know, because at the minute they can just see Amazon, but they can't see the granular detail behind Okay, oh, they'll, put, they'll, put, they'll put GUIs in or something, some kind of unique yeah. transaction hash, which they can then unencrypt, you know, no doubt. Uh, yeah, it, it, is, it is Black Mirror stuff, and this is the kind of stuff where I think we are in danger of going. Hmm. Yeah, but hopefully Bitcoin does break that. Yeah, because at the moment, I think they, they can largely try they can track any payment over 10K, then they get a report of it directly with the KYC attached. But this is just takes them to everything below that as well. So I think they're yeah. getting greedy. They're getting greedy because anything 10K and above, that just means it's probably a taxable event. So they want to get paid on it. But now they've decided, you know what? We just want to know everything. And they could get it. They could go and ask all these companies to give them the transactions. But it's a huge amount of work. And they've just gone, you know what? If we just own the currency in the middle, and that's so much simpler. So they're trying to bring this out. Yeah, they'll they'll elbow out HSBC or all the high street banks, and you'll be taking loans and mortgages from the government who you've been paying interest. So we'll be double taxing you and all sorts now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 a scam. I I try. I don't actually even have confidence in them rolling this out properly. I don't think it will even become a thing. Oh no, we couldn't. I was just champing some examples of the UK government of what they failed to roll out. (laughs) They couldn't even do a hardware rollout to. the NHS, you know, a hardware rollout of computers. They couldn't do a database rollout to the NHS. What else have we got in there? Um, not sure if major. Oh, yeah, they wanted to roll out um, European standard I- identity documents back in when was it? 2006. Uh, yeah. They couldn't even bloody do that. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the positives coming out here is they have a track record of failure. Yeah. But this is. You know, this isn't just um, a hardware rollout for hospitals, for doctors, for the plebs. This is something which would give them complete control. So it does put the ante up for them. I mean, it also goes into what we were talking about the other week of um, the health passport as well, doesn't it? You know, it, it could start off with the health passport and then, oh, here's some money that's linked to you having the health passport and it's it's seen as an incentive and that's the way that you probably have to spin it first as a as a positive but 
again, it's the wolf in sheep's clothing of, well, it's not an incentive. It's just another way to be able to, to monitor you. Oh, and by the way, this is the way that we're going to do everything right now. And it's all linked. Yeah. And the bootlickers will think it's good at first. Yeah. They'll be saying how good it is. And when, when their um, daughter or son's been thrown in prison because they bought Big Macs on two consecutive days, they'll still be telling everyone how good it is. <laughs> yeah, because it leads us nicely on to the fact that this week uh, I, I got two text messages, one from my local doctor saying I'm now eligible for the vaccine. Uh, two days later, the NHS themselves text me saying I'm eligible for the vaccine. And then three days later, I got a letter through the post from the government going, you're eligible for the vaccine. So you can just really see them really hammering this home right? at each mm. level, like local to like top of the NHS to now government. And each one was slightly hinted with like this passive aggressive tone of you need to Hurry get up and do it. Yeah, like, do it. We're not helping you here. This isn't like them kind of offering an, like, an olive branch to be like, this is something you want. It's like, it's more of a, we're already going to assume resistance and fucking do it. Like, it's, and uh, and I, right now I am, I reckon I'm about 60, 40 into getting it, which I hate the fact that I'm there because I want to go to America. I'm nearly sure that America is going to require the vaccine to get in. I also want to travel to Europe. And so I'm literally going to get it purely because I want to travel, but I'm only 60, 40. So at the moment I'm still pondering it. And yeah, where I'm, I'm, I don't know if you guys have got these text messages and letters yet. If you haven't, then they're, they're, they're coming soon. Cause oh, they're doing it by got one today. They're doing it by age range. So I, I'm like, I, I, I've personally just given up with it because I'm just like, you know, it's going to happen. I think we're too deep into this, but what does that mean? Of, you're gonna what you're gonna get it? You're gonna yeah. you're gonna you're gonna comply yeah. and just take the vaccine. I hate I, I don't want to, but I feel like I've got no option. You know, literally if I don't, I'm gonna start getting restricted services. I'm gonna start not being able to travel abroad. And but the one thing which I'm saying no to is I don't want my kids getting it for another five, ten years time because it is not fully tested. Like there's a difference between me and fucking up the whole of my kids' future lives. And like my wife was trying to tell me that it's all right. I was just like, it's not, you know, people have died. They do not fully know, you know, so I think there's got to be a bit of weight before it goes out to kids. Cause I think that's completely unfair to yeah. test it on yeah. kids. Well, it looks like that's coming because they're, they're at the late thirties now, which is why I got uh, hit. They're coming they, down. They, they they're tried down. with the kids, but the, I think something pushed back. I think there's something happened in another country. I can't remember what it was. So I think that's, that's off the table for under 18s at the moment at least okay well that's um, great news the fact that under 18s get the free pass that's fantastic the, yeah the, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see because they said that they're going to get a free pass at first and they started going from them they backed off so yeah. we just don't know but one they, thing they want their money to... there's too much money per vaccination for them to let them go it's it's horrendous but we're literally in like this is literally like a sales deal where like you just want to sell as many of you can and it's not about health it's about money and not not letting oh. like the under 18s is a huge freaking demographic there's a lot of people under 18 that's a lot of money and that's what they're looking at and I, and it's I, a recurring I, model isn't it as well because you know the 17 year olds will turn 18 and we <laughs> need to get them and then obviously once you've gone for your first 
chaps, as in like your first and second, then it's your annual renewal. Yeah. And so there's more yeah, money. But then we're going to make it digital. And then we're going to put attach it to bank details. And then we're going to attach it to spends. And then we're going to attach it to education. Then we're going to attach it to criminal record. It's like, well, it's yeah. already, they're already talking about... Uh, the thing that makes me laugh is the fact that the vaccine that they're rolling out right now in the UK, this is the original COVID-19, whichever fucking variant that is. Like, that's what they've created a vaccine for, right? The, the last six to eight months, they've talked about the Brazilian. American version, the Germany version, yeah. the... Oh. The well, Indian is, variant, like all these different variants. So clearly, this is. Have you not heard the updates on the Indian? No. So this has been brilliant. So I've been sitting there, kind of going, okay, there's. I can't remember what the figures are, but it basically works out to being equivalent to 150 people dying a day in the UK, which is, you know, in terms of India, because it's 1.2 billion, they just don't notice. It's literally, you know, it's just that bit across the yeah, top. It's like 0.0001 percent. Yeah. But, you know, times it by what's the population bigger. It's bigger than 20, so 150 times by 20. So it's 3,000 a day. And everyone's going, my God, 3,000 people a day. It's just like 1.2 billion. You know, 1.2 billion in a country which has got extreme riches, but extreme poorness. Yeah. So you've got a lot of diseases. And mass crowding, I'm sure, as well yeah. in, there, in certain areas. Um, so it's been going on and on through the media. And they're going, oh, God, it's got into the UK. It's got into the UK. And then, um, so it's like, we may have to lock down. And I was just like, I swear I know where this is going. I know where this is going. And it's like, then it was announced today. Oh yeah, it appears that the vaccine um, can handle the engine variant. And I was just like, I fucking knew this was part of the drive for the vaccine. I fucking knew it. It was just coercive. It's been coercive. It's been coming for the last two weeks. And I knew it was coming. Literally, I remember thinking to myself, I bet this is coming, but I don't want to say it because it would make me sound stupid, but sure enough, it's come. Have they actually said that? Yeah. Have they actually said that the vaccine works against the Indian variant that's only existed for two months? Yeah, the initial, initial findings so far show that it does, but in a couple of days, meant to be making an announcement about it. Yes. So yeah. this is the whole thing about coercing everyone to have the vaccine, and I just went, I knew this was coming, and it and it yeah, it, and It'll it just seems a big like reveal, a way, won't it? It's a way to hammer because they talk about that certain, um, well, races aren't big on the uptakes so in a city. So, Indian people using the example, so they're saying you've got to take it because it'll save you now because you know all the people who are Indian they're bringing it back from India from the weddings and funerals that they've been attending. Wow. That, that is yeah. hilarious. That is, yeah, but it, it was a proper strategy because, like I said, you look at the figures, and I, you know, I discussed this with my wife, and, and she said, this, um, they all buy into it. She said, Oh, there's unrecorded deaths. You double the engine deaths, it's still the equivalent of 300 a day in, in the UK, so it yeah. still doesn't fit with the amount of panic which has been going through the media. So, something has been happening, yeah. Well, it really, it really angered me when they were showing like all these the funerals in India because they they burn people outside. Don't the pious. They? Yeah, and um, but the thing is that is how they do traditional wedding um and funerals in <laughs> India. It's like they mm. do burn them outside. Like if that was happening, yeah, it's, in the is UK, it a Hindu custom? Yeah, it's it, yeah, exactly. It's part of their religion that that that's the way they they see people off when they die, and they took yeah. photos of these funeral parlors doing this going 
and it and it, obviously if you saw that in the uk that would be crazy because you're like oh my god like the funeral parlors are so full they're burning people outside because they're too they're too busy and that was the impression they gave and it's yeah it's just completely wrong it's like you could take that same photo from the same location at any point in the last 10 years and it's the same it's like that is how they do their funerals in india it is shocking culturally to us in the uk but it's just normal there and it's like but they're trying to imply the fact that covid has hit them that suddenly now this yeah, is that's different. the only way that they can cure it or, or yeah yeah it's, yeah it's it's just a yeah it, it's really annoyed me this this little one about the variant because it's always been a pile of shit but there's a rumor shooting around that injured significantly lowered their infection rates by using two drugs which what is it who and cdc have recommended no one uses which is the hydro whatever it's called which trump recommended Coxine, at the start yeah. And another one, which is, you know, same kind of circumstance where it's so, it was developed so many years ago, that there's no, not much money in it because generic versions can be produced. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Exactly. They wanted to create a specific vaccine. It wasn't, if, if, if an existing drug could be used to cure mm. the, the pandemic, there was no money to be made. So that is why they rejected the existing drugs. So when Trump found one and went, this probably fixes it. They went, how dare you, you conspiracy theorist, you freaking murderer. This is the only way. It's like, oh, right. That's the one that you've patented this year that is not generic yet and you can make a shit ton of money off. That's the only answer, right? Everything else is no. This is the only yes. And, and yeah, and then individual countries are slowly but surely realizing, oh, there was loads of drugs in the market that, oh, wow, what a surprise, combat the flu. And it's yeah you think this is why they silenced trump oh it's one of the many reasons like he wasn't part of the yeah. system so they they needed him out but they, they did they, this is a beautiful excuse because he yeah. went whichever side of the of pandemic he went like they were going to go on the opposite side and use it to get rid of him and it, it worked a treat i think it's just convenient mm. But where are you on it, Dan? Are you um your text or well yeah, yeah, my, my text was exactly that this uh, this morning. So to book my vaccine and I'm like you guys, like I love to have the fight against them, but on this one, they've won. They've worn me down and uh you know, I feel like I'm agreeing under duress, but yeah, I'm just going to do it because I want to be able to get outside of these four walls. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to just live my life and have zero restrictions. But I'm giving up my uh, my ability of choice mm. by simply being able, like by, by simply saying, yeah, okay, give it to me and let, let's yeah. crack on. It's so bad, it's isn't it? It, for me, this literally feels like, you know, like the, you know, have you ever watched Darren Brown and the way he does his mind tricks? Like he literally, mm. like the way he, he the way he like um, imposes his will on you to basically trick you into thinking a certain thing is he will talk to you for a period of time and then he will start touching you. And every time he touches you, like it will jog certain like emotional feelings in you and it will jog back and like, so each time he like hits you, you'll think like red car or something. And then I can make you look at a car and it's blue. And if I tap you on the shoulder, you'll tell me it's red. 
And uh, yeah. it literally just feels like that with the vaccine. It's like they've told us for an entire year, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. The virus is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. going to kill you, going to kill you, going to kill you. And at the end, they go, take the vaccine. It's like the tap on the shoulder, which just goes, let's just really fucking cement this to go, it's dangerous. And then they plug it in. And it's like, it's the final like conviction of yeah. just the, the end of the mind control and to a certain extent to go, right, yeah, you're, you're ours. Like the fact you let us put a needle in your arm really confirms you believe and it's just i hate the fact that i'm fucking complying to it because the problem is it's like with everything like when you ever you look at totalitarian fucking governments over the history of time it always starts with something small and it gets bigger 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 and in the end we're just rounding up groups of people that are a certain demographic and just marching them into the freaking gas chambers because the government said so like and it all starts with something small and then it gets bigger and bigger and it just feels like is this the first well, one of the first things like they started with lockdown a little bit then they started lockdown a lot then they started going you can't travel then they said you can't hug your grandma and now they're going take the vaccine it's like where does this go and by complying am i just allowing them to do the next thing which is exactly and i don't know what the next thing is but i don't want to like allow it but i want to travel to america and i want to go to the bitcoin conference and <laughs> i probably can't get in without it and it fucking sucks no, yeah. you're not considering moving. Well, the problem is at the moment, like, where do you even? Meet? I I don't know a single country in the world that is not actually. This is this is an interesting point actually. The 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 very clever thing I think they've done with the vaccine at the moment is they are not. No government is imposing their citizens have to have the vaccine to travel. I haven't seen a single government do that. Every government that I've seen is imposing. To visit the country, you have to have the vaccine. So if every government does that, you can't travel, but you can't blame your own government. So if I want to travel to America... Yeah, they can blame the other. I'm blaming America. If I want to go to Portugal, I'm blaming Portugal. If I want to go to Australia, I'm blaming Australia. The US, the UK government are going, no, 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 no restrictions on UK individuals. Don't take it if you don't want it. If you want to travel mm. internationally knock yourself out we will not block you from traveling internationally oh you want to go to spain oh the spanish government say you gotta have the vaccine so it's it's genius like again this is like another very clever little like switcheroo where they've just gone yeah. oh the, the individual citizens aren't gonna accept taking the vaccine and you have to have it to travel internationally so they've gone don't do it just look at every country they want to go to and make sure that any visitors have to have the vaccine to get in. It's the same result. Everyone has to have the vaccine. Well, and the, al the allowed countries which we got um, included Australia and New Zealand. It's just like they're not letting anyone in, not even their own <laughs> citizens. I was just like, for fuck's sake. You like said, oh, we're going to get you 11 countries. It's like, oh, are you? Thank you. Thank you so much. We're going to go for the Caribbean where us and our friends holiday but you can't because you're too poor yep. australia new zealand lol you can't go there these random little little um little islands in the middle of fucking nowhere you can't get there either because you've got to go into another country but you're not allowed there <laughs> um and you want to go to holiday to france oh yeah europe's closed yeah 
it is just classic duress I feel um but to your point I do think that this is like the beginning and uh, and when do you just simply say no when does everybody have that stance because I think if you did a poll of do you want the vaccine or do you not want the vaccine and obviously no restrictions it would be different to those that have had the vaccine or having the vaccine as well there would be a stark difference because I would happily not have it yeah, yeah. I've, got, like I've got the perfect slap for you on that one because okay. obviously my, my brother works for the NHS and they were yeah. surveyed and who would take the vaccine and it was 60-40 mm. against but then mm. once they came out and offered everyone the vaccine 99% took it so mm. that just shows you that 60% of people that work for the NHS did not want that vaccine but faced with the consequences of well maybe you won't be able to go into work anymore you probably won't right. be able to travel like because obviously if you're working in the health profession like we're lucky we're business guys so we're probably not going to be restricted from working but if you're in the health profession not having the vaccine is very likely going to be a requirement like it's you can't be a nurse or a doctor yeah. and not have the yeah. vaccine so when it really came down to it 60 percent of people did not want that vaccine but 99% ended up taking it once it was offered. So we go. it it just shows you that the, the fact is we are baked into a government society. And even though we have our views, I think we're, I think we're doing it on a risk-based scenario here where we're just hoping that the vaccine is like, look, they get to stab us in the arm twice. I really hope, I would really like, just hope it does nothing. That's my, the biggest goal for me is it does nothing. I don't care whether it help, protects me against the virus or not. I just hope there's no adverse effects because I'm probably going to take it. And I just really hope because I don't want it. There's zero positive like health benefits of me taking this thing, but just being to travel is the only benefit. So I just hope that the medical impact is not worse than what I'm going to gain travel wise. And that's the same yeah. why nurses and doctors have taken it. They just hope that the fact that they can continue to work they're not going to get ill enough that makes it counterproductive that they took the vaccine, which it's so horrendous. We're making people make this decision and it's just coercive. And it's so obvious that the pharmaceutical companies are making an absolute killing at selling tests and vaccines for a vaccine that no one wants, but the governments are mandating. We've been locked down for the best part of a year. And I think it's just broken people. Yeah, because I think mentally, you know, most people won't be able to take another year. But I also think the government are going misses you get out. But I, then I also do think the government aren't going to be able to lock anyone down again. So I think it's just not going to happen. They'll try, but I think that's when they'll get civil disorder. Um, but well, you know, they've got no excuse once everybody's had their uh, jabs. I'm hoping the mask stuff disappears because that's probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah, it'll stop the virus. <laughs> Well, um, how come when the mass mandates came in in every country, the virus spread went up? Yeah. And I, also, I'm, I'm, we, I can guarantee. And also, you. the research pointed towards yeah. it didn't work, and even all the heads of health for every country said it did not work back in March or April, two thousand twenty. Yeah. But then six months later, it's like, oh no, it's mandatory. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, you know I'm, that that's not conspiracy. Fauci came out of it. 
that one who looks like the goblin or golem on in the UK. I can't remember what his name is. He said it didn't work. Yeah. And then six months, oh yeah, it works. It's just like it doesn't because you fucking told us it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I, I unfortunately I think lockdown is coming back and lockdown will happen in September, October in the UK again. And the people that will get blamed for it, in reality, it'll be flu season coming back. But there will be 20 to 30% of the population that have been vaccinated at that point. They will blame it on them. And because uh, the, the country would have been... The non-vaxxers. The, the anti-vaxxers. The anti-vaxxers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And which, in reality, obviously, anyone with a brain would know that it's got absolutely nothing to do with that. And if you mm. look at the people that are getting ill and the people that are dying yet again will be 85-year-olds dying of the flu. And they've all been vaccinated. So if the vaccine vaccine fucking works, then they shouldn't be dying, should they? But they will be because it'll be a new variant of the flu and they will be dying. But I can almost guarantee there's 20 to 30% of people that will resist this because not everyone wants to travel anyway. So they will just say no. And um, so there's quite a large percentage, I think, of the population because they've screwed over so many small businesses and... Uh, so the the amount of like free money people have, like especially at the lower end, has been taken away during the last year. So they're not looking to travel internationally. Uh, they can't afford the tests on both ends of a yeah. international travel. So yeah. they'll they'll be staying in the UK anyway. They're going to pretty much go. My lot is this. I'm here for five ten years probably after all this. So they they've got no incentive to take the vaccine, and then they're going to get blamed for lockdown, and uh, they're going to get pressured to go look we've locked down again and they're going to be on 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 stage every day at five o'clock saying the reason for lockdown is because 30 percent <laughs> of the population has not been vaccinated yet and they have spread it and they're killing people and they're going to guilt trip and the family members the friends of people that haven't been vaccinated they will tell them go get vaccinated you're killing my grandma go do it and and i'm not allowed out because of you yeah and 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 yeah. You know, like how we've all broken because we want international travel, right? When you, like, even if you don't believe in all this and, like, you don't want to internationally travel, but you just want to go down to your local fucking pub and have a pint. When they yeah. lock you down and take that away and they go, it's because you didn't get vaccinated, you're just going to go, you know what, fuck it. I'll get vaccinated. Yeah. I want a pint down the local. And uh, that's the way they're going to get I'm it. I'm not even a pub guy, but I want to go because you're telling me that I can't go. <laughs> and if you're taking that away, then I want to go. And well, I'll do I, uh, what I need to do. I think my hope is around America because the states, you know, I don't really know too much detail about American politics, but states are acting as independent countries with different mandates. Yeah. And you've got the examples of being Texas and Florida. You know, they came out, Biden said publicly, but um, but but there are going to be bodies dropping left, right, and centre in Texas since they just dropped everything like that and nothing. So you know that is your evidence. You've got states which are next door to, to ones which have got harsh mandates, and the states which have nothing are actually outperforming, which actually points towards something which which went on during the um, nineteen eighteen was it Spanish flu, where it wasn't yeah. actually Spanish flu which was killing. A number of high proportion people is actually bacterial infections caused by masks which weren't washed. Right. And yeah. that's one of the issues which we're actually encountering now, which I've never seen any stats, so I'm highly suspicious of what, what the hell it's being classed as. Um, because you see the morons with either a mask on their um, rearview mirror. 
or their um, gear stick. And it's like every time you wear that, you're collecting bacteria. So if you are wearing a mask, wash it. But, you know, they're not. They've got one of these paper masks, which aren't designed to be worn more than once and not more than, say, an hour or so. And they're keeping it. They're putting on their gear stick. They're wearing it probably 20 times or so until it actually gets a rip in it. (laughs) And that is how you get bacterial and um, pneumonia. Well, you put it in your pocket. You put it on your chin. You put it, like... And I've spoken to like some medical professionals and it's like the, the most dirty part of your body is like your chin and neck because you walk in <laughs> a lot. And that is literally, you grab your mask here, you put it down there. That is so yeah. dirty. This part of your body yeah. is so dirty. And then you, from there, you then push it back. It's, you, you will never see a surgeon doing these things. Like they will wear, they will wear a mask. And like if they ever change it or touch it, they will change the mask over. They will literally yeah. switch, they will switch it out completely. And that's after scrubbing and getting every single bat of bacteria off their body before they even walked into the theater and yeah this it that is it's how all, you it's also it's, it's also to stop spit you know that's mm. the whole point of surgical masks is stop spit phlegm things like that it's not to stop any possible asymptomatic virus particles from going into a patient which the mask like that can't stop because it it, it you know <laughs> the holes are too big in a mask yeah but it, it's a sad sign. Like literally, there's three of us here that all agree the vaccine is bullshit, and for all yeah. that we're going to take it. Yeah, yeah, that's actually quite interesting. Cause I've been meaning to ask you guys because you're you've always been most opposed. Yeah, and probably the most extreme you out of all of us. And it is quite interesting that now yeah. you're just going. I'm given looking up, at it. Yeah, to... yeah. Because I'm I'm sixty. I'm, like I said, I'm sixty forty. I'm. It's been. I've been mulling it over for the last five days. I, I still don't know. I don't want it. If there's a way of me, just pretending to take it and be able to just say that I've done it, but then just squirt the vaccine down the toilet or something, that's my preference. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's. I, I I hate the fact that I'm compliant. I would rather just be like no. Because the thing is, like, if everyone just said no. Then it wouldn't work, right? If everyone in the in the world just said no and international travel was just nonsensical because no one had the vaccine, then it works. But the problem is, I've realized and seeing the stats, literally the what the, the thing that changed my mind was literally last week when my brother told me that the survey from the NHS that was 60-40 against, 99% of staff took the vaccine. I'm like, it doesn't matter what the polls say. When it really comes down to the personal choice and the restrictions that are coming, people just fucking comply. So I'm like, I'm going to be part of the 1% that don't have it. They're going to easily, they're fine with excluding me from society. They don't give a fuck about me. And yeah. I, and for the, I'm probably going to have to take it. I fucking hate the fact I'm going to have to take it, but I'm probably just going to have to do it. Yeah. And you're going to have to annually take it as well once you first take it, because What's the point in you not doing it year two, three, four, and beyond when you did it initially? Oh, Dano, you you know that you're the king of like renewals. So yeah. what do you want to do when you <laughs> when you sell a big deal? You want to get it renewed. <laughs> you yeah, get it renewed on year. And oh, and by the way, this year you need three shots, not just two. Like <laughs> more money, boy. <laughs> it's just yeah, like. Yeah. This yeah. is just smart business. Like, like it's yeah. smart business. Because now we've got COVID Pro, which will <laughs> protect you against the Indian variant that we've just made up. 
right? So you want the bad uh, one because there's a chance be, that you'll the engines it. being covered in order to make sure more people get vaccinated this summer. So yeah. we're gonna have to come up with another country. I don't well, know, like fr- French Guinea. You've got two hundred countries, so we can pick <laughs> any one of them. And we can also pick certain regions of the countries once yeah. countries sound boring. So we can actually yeah. go for an in, in particular, like I don't know, the Skegness variant. <laughs> <laughs> Was it COVID IQ three or something? <laughs> COVID nineteen point four six. There will be uh, them all, but um, no. yeah, it, it does. It, it doesn't and won't stop at all. No. Anyway, boys, uh, the, the last thing I wanted to like talk about today was literally. I think like over the last couple of episodes, we're like we're five deep now, and it's like I just wanted mm. to like really emphasize the point about. Like making your own decisions, like don't trust verify. Um, and the reason <laughs> why I'm bringing it up is like purely because I don't know, there's, there's a couple of things that have gone, oh, you, um, like you, you hear things from certain people and you start to trust individuals and then you kind of follow their investment decisions and then you, you buy the thing that they're buying or you, you do the thing that they're doing, like whatever. And like we've referenced various books, podcasts, all that type of stuff. I just really want to emphasize like you really need to own the decision like it's you yes. that's doing it so just so often, like we ignored you all those years ago <laughs> exactly so own that fucking decision own it because the thing is like you could have followed me early on and it could have gone to zero and then you'd have blamed me it's like no if you followed me i still blame you anyway i'm like why didn't you tell me enough <laughs> that's fair yeah. enough that's fair enough but it's yeah i just I'm wanted to really hammer that point home yeah, I no, think no, you're absolutely right. I think Bitcoin has helped for me. Um, I suppose tune in my um, investment understanding and also understanding of money. So it's looking at, well, what's actually worth the money to invest in? You know, these kind of punts which were taken in the past, if you put them all together, God knows what they're worth, but it hasn't been worth it. I don't think anyone's paid off. It's like, oh yeah, this one they're close to finding this seam of whatever or they're going to do this and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll put like 100 quid or something. It doesn't pay off, times that by 10. You know, and that's, I think we've probably all done bits of that. And they've all gone to shit. I don't think anyone's actually won on a point, on a punt. It's like having a, a 20 game accumulation on football, you never win. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that. that do you know what, funnily enough, um, if you guys have seen on Netflix, there's a, a new money series, Money Explained series. Yeah. And uh, the first one was The Con Man. And, uh, you know, people looking for that quick buck. And no matter how many times we know that there's no such thing as a quick buck, we still do it. It's just human nature. And I think Bitcoin certainly teaches us the opposite of that. It's that low time preference, thinking outside of the box. And to your point, Gaz, you know, uh, don't trust, verify. And um, and so ultimately, I think that we need to, uh, yeah, just just kind of settle and, and take our time with things and look into it a little bit more. Yeah. I think fundamentally, like, if, if, like, if, if a decision is wrong, and you yeah. lose like a large amount of money 
I would like, like for me personally, if, if that happens, I just need to know that like I've done the due diligence, I assess the risk and the risk ended up happening. I lost a load of money, but I did that decision. So I'm only, I'm going to own that loss. Mm. Whereas if you've done it purely based on I'm following this person, like Elon said this, Warren Buffett said that I'm just following them blindly. When that investment decision goes wrong, you blame them automatically. You don't own it. So it's just because Bitcoin is always an investment decision. It's it's frustrating because it's not just an investment. This is literally the lifeboat away from the Titanic. It's this is the most important thing you can ever do with your your financial wealth. But I just as I was like listening back to a couple of the podcasts and stuff that we've done. It's a there's a little bit of like of a call to authority that we've been talking about a little bit too much. And I just want to really just bring it back to like personal sovereignty and personal accountability and go just do the work. Like if and if you're not sure and if you're thinking about buying Bitcoin or buying whatever and you're not sure, then keep reading. And until yeah. until you get to a point where if every penny you put in, it goes to zero you're okay with it because you made a decision and it ended up being wrong. If you can't agree to that, keep reading because you're not there yet. Keep going because you need to, you need to, you need to be okay with losing everything because, because the thing is like, I think all of us here are okay with that right now because we have made the decision and it's like, this is the best sound money that exists. It is the thing. If something happens that fucks all that up and Bitcoin isn't sound money anymore and it gets hacked and it fucking, it's all ends to zero. It's like, all right, fine. I'm. I. I could. I did all the work I could do, and it. It ended up being wrong, but this is why we're seeing like thirty percent dips, are too many weak hands. People don't have this conviction. They're not following their own nose. They're following other people's. So when someone else says, "I don't like this thing anymore," then they just run away. They're scared. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. It was personal accountability. Fucking take ownership of it. Stop being a victim. Stop being passive take control of your life and just take control of your investments and own it. If it goes up, well done. If it goes down, you fucked up, correct it and fucking go again. It's don't, don't listen to podcasts. Don't read books and then just completely offload your whole decision matrix onto the person that you've just read and just follow their advice. It's so who sent you angry messages, guys? <laughs> weirdly no one weirdly no one like n- nearly everyone that i know now like they're they're all quite immune to these price dips but it, it was literally i was just reading like listening to the podcast back when i was editing a couple of them and i just thought we were a little bit too kind and a little bit too like appealing to right, actually and i just yeah. wanted to re- reel it in a little bit yeah, no, no, I, I like that as well, because I think that is exactly the same reason why people sell early is because the same quick decision that they made to buy in is the same quick decision that they make to sell. Whereas I think certainly for all of us, I think, you know, you didn't just immediately go into get into Bitcoin. I know myself and Ross didn't immediately get into Bitcoin. And that's because we put the work in and we didn't trust what we heard at first. But that time then gave us the extended time now to be like, right, well, we're totally cool with our positions. 
Uh, and I think that's the difference between us and perhaps the paper hands that are out there that are just like, okay, great, we'll get in and then we'll get out. And they think, oh, it's, let me know. When, uh, uh, someone asked me actually, um, oh, and when do you think it will double? And I was like, I, I don't know when it's going to double. But if you don't want to do it, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm telling you, you should probably yeah. look I into think it. It's kind of that kind of use, looking at speculation. If someone wants to speculate on something, pick some shitty little coin, which will get some celebrity endorsement and pump your money on that. And hopefully yeah. it'll double 10 times, but you can't guarantee it may just go down the pan because it is a shit coin. It's basically a digital pog. Digital pog, yeah. <laughs> I My favourite saying. Yeah, I also looked at various different investments as well. Um, you know, like passive investments and I don't know what I would have put my money into probably still would have been property had it not had Bitcoin not been around um, so you've got things like gold um, you know classic stocks but the best one as we've seen in the last decade is certainly Bitcoin I think if I hadn't it probably would have been something like gold. Like, if it wasn't Bitcoin or I didn't trust it, it would have been something like gold because you could see this this potential recession happening, this big market mm. crash, which is going to happen. So in my mind, I've just had to stick it in something which is outside of that. And, you know, that's my kind of reasoning. I knew it was happening. I think I was talking to you, Darnell, before when I was considering where to put my money. And I kind of knew but Bitcoin was an option, but I didn't, I, I was still piecing it together in my mind. I mean, ultimately, if I hadn't as well, I'd have a, I'd have a new car, which, yeah. <laughs> but weirdly, you, you, says probably, it all, doesn't you it? probably would have been spot on as well, because the only reason why gold is only up, like, I don't know, 10, 20% over the last year, and Bitcoin's up 300% over the last year, is because Bitcoin exists. So if Bitcoin didn't exist, the flee to avoid inflation and avoid fiat money, it would have been into gold. So I actually think that your, your mindset probably would have been correct because gold probably would have three or four X this year if Bitcoin didn't exist. But the thing is, a load of the price of gold went down quite considerably, like various points during the year. And almost definitely, just as they were selling, Bitcoin was going up. So it's very clear that gold owners were fleeing from gold and going into bitcoin so it's the the, the whole the same mantra is playing out it's just the, the the fear is coming like people are fleeing from fear that they, they they realize the housing bubble was inflated they know that stocks are inflated fear isn't that is being burned and printed at a trillion dollars an hour they need to get outside of the system somehow and gold was the way out and they now have a digital gold, and that is Bitcoin. And that is that is why I think Bitcoin has done so well this year, even though we've won 30% dip right now. But that's just that's just paper hand fucking portnoy. Next week we could be having a completely different podcast, I'm sure. Yeah, One we thing could be actually, celebrating. Yeah, exactly. Uh Colombia, um, there's riots over there, which is right next to Venezuela. And that's due to tax hikes and people certainly not happy with their government. 
you know, say put lockdown and they want to pay for the lockdowns with taxes and people are like, we didn't yeah. want a fucking lockdown so we're not paying you fucking taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I love it. I love that South American. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's definitely, I think, one of the next places to erupt with uh, potentially hyperinflation too. I don't know. I think the government are probably a bit too scared now. So the people aren't backing down. Hmm. They can't even control them, so I don't understand how they'd be able to do um, inflate inflate the money or tax or anything. Yeah, oh, no, that's fundamentally like you got to remember though that it's not they don't hyperinflate a currency on purpose. It happens by accident. It's when the citizens lose faith in the currency and stop transacting in it that is when yeah. they end up yeah. hyperinflation ends up happening. So it, it's also when they start printing so much i mean the example is oh which country was it zimbabwe yeah yeah, but they only do that because the citizens and the companies refuse to accept it so you have to go right i want to buy like whatever the government wants to buy like i want to buy a load of vaccines from you say and the government like you you as a company don't value zimbabwe dollars anymore so you just go well normally it's ten thousand zimbabwe dollars but i actually only accept us dollars now so you can either pay me as US dollars, or if it's Zimbabwe dollars, I don't accept 10,000. I want 50,000 because I don't trust it. So you now have to go as a government, fuck, we don't have 50,000. We've got to print more to pay the, co- to pay the company. Yeah, and very, it just keeps going like that. And eventually yeah. the government just goes, fuck, our money's not good. We have to keep yeah. paying more to get the same. And without them really realizing it, they're trying to chase their tail and they never, they never catch it, and uh, yeah. it all ends up in yeah. tears. I think Columbia will have to back off then. Like, yeah, you're probably right, but it will go down that route if they continue. But the people aren't putting up with their shit. You heard it here, episode five, Columbia, one to watch. <laughs> short Needs Columbia, to... short them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't short Tesla, short the whole short. Columbia. <laughs> Sorry, Columbia fans. Sorry, Sorry. James Rodriguez and uh, yeah. your transsexual. Alderama back in the day. <laughs> what haircut that was. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if any of you realise. Colombian? What? Is Shakira Colombian? Good shout. That's definitely him. Hips don't lie, <laughs> but probably. <laughs> She's Colombian. She's got to be. She's too hot not to be. Oh, let me have a look. Colombian. Yeah, she's a yeah, Colombian singer. Yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. if, you, if you guys That's have realised... This is Google history right there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good search, that one. That, that's that's yeah. good, like, man points, that search. But uh, I don't know if you've realised, like, we haven't got con- disconnected tonight. This is carried on <sighs> for the whole two uh, hours. Yeah. I, I have invested. I was thinking halfway through. I've invested. The first time they give you a pass on the free one, the first time round, and then after that they cut you off, cut you off, cut you off. So I invested the ten pound a month. It's in. It's in. I've stacked some sacks right. and I've fucking put it in. And um, Zoom have some of my money, and we we went all the way through this time. Thank you. I was Thank actually you. hoping for a break because I was going to get a new <laughs> drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I actually planned. I'm out of water. I'm out. Yeah. I know, so the breaks are actually useful. Like, I know, we actually baked them in. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll we had, see if we can actually get Mark in the next one. I know. Yeah. At least convince him just do well. half an hour up front at the start or something. Yeah, we need, we need to slag him off more. Like, we didn't slag him off this time. Yeah, I feel like I'm the only person who get um, who did a dig today. I can't remember what I said. Oh, it was about Starbucks, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think me, me um, saying that like, you should have plowed, pulled out last week. To not yeah, have it's a pretty an epic one. Yeah, yeah. I, I I always like it when I don't get a laugh. I get a, ooh, that's 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 when I know it's a good one. And, uh, <laughs> I got I got a couple last week, so I thought I'd like give him a bit of a free pass this week. Um, I had a question actually. How how do we want to go about sharing, obviously, the podcast more, um, and then obviously getting feedback from people of what they like? You need to get stick- that. stickers. Put it in. Put it in toilets. <laughs> or just above the glory hole. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe like, oh, this sounds bees. interesting. Suck here. Yeah, it's a, it's around the glory hole, so it must be it must be good. by may tune. It's four middle aged guys talking about Bitcoin. This is a massive like, dick come through. Like fucking. <laughs> four bees suck Bitcoin. here. Like, yeah. That's great, Mark. I. I why don't you work in marketing, Ross? That's like the best marketing plan ever. <laughs> We're going to sponsor glory holes globally. When we start doing a load of crop circles. <laughs> uh, you, you just like round things, like glory holes, yeah. fucking crop circles. <laughs> like, provided it's round, we're sponsoring the shit out of it. If it's got a dick in pre- it, we double down. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> There we go, Darnell. There's your marketing plan. That's my marketing plan. Thanks for answering that, Ross. Ross is head of marketing, and he's he's agreed that he's going to go around all the gay clubs in the entire fucking world and put the four Bs stuck here on every glory hole. That's how we that's how we spread the word. Apparently, if that doesn't work, then he's not he's not saying no. <laughs> he's like, I know most of them. He's thinking about it, he's like. Yeah, actually, it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> Running through the uh, through the stats, I don't see why it'd fail. It's his idea. It's not even my yeah. idea. This is his idea. Of course he thinks it's going to work. <laughs> I love how it's just spanned from me saying, put a sticker on a wall in a toilet to glory holes, clubs, <laughs> what else we had in there. Crop circles, which was my suggestion, but then cock-shaped crop circles. <laughs> It's just funny. <laughs> no, yeah, it's um, it's one of those where well, obviously we're on YouTube, so it's um, there's video and stuff. But I can cut the the audio out, uh, brand it a little yeah. bit, and throw it out onto SoundCloud, Apple, Google. I can do that. It costs a little bit of money to host it and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, if we're happy doing it, then I'm happy doing it. It's yeah. just how how many do we want to do until we publish six? Right, right. At the very, very beginning, I said, like, we need a bank of five minimum. We're there now. Mm-hmm. So it's time to start yeah. making a decision to go. Yeah, I think you want to go. The thing is, for me, like, I'm happy. I, I don't give a shit. I'll put it down every social. You guys work. So it's one of those where it depends which social, because obviously the, the main, like, I've got 5,000 followers on freaking LinkedIn. I've got 2,000 on Twitter. It depends which social you want to do. Depends whether we're going to be connected to it. I could shove it on Twitter. If we do, if I do it on Twitter, it's not connected to you guys at all, and like they're very unlikely to get it back to who you are and your work and all that. If I put it on LinkedIn, well, 
you're blown. Your cover's blown instantly. They're going to know. It's gone. So it's it's one of those. It's like I can I can do the work and get it accessible on all those platforms, which is quite a bit of work actually. Like to actually get it to that it point. It is, yeah. So I'm I'm wanting to do it. I can do it. And um, but then publishing it and like promoting it, there's another set of decisions next to that to go. Do I, I think, put it? I think there's value in it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, right now, I, just, I don't think we've said anything that is bad. It's just it's we're just talking. I think it'd just like be regarding. Guys. I think it'd just be purely some of the COVID comments because I think some people are still hanging on to that. Yeah. That's, yeah. Maybe that, you edit that. 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 Yeah, I so say that's probably the risk, and then also the um, gay bar jokes as well. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with a gay bar? And the fact there's lots of dick there. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of us still need to work, guys, and we don't want to be accused of homophobia. But I'm literally saying that you want to go to gay bars, go round the glory holes, and suck a lot of. You dick. know this is cancel. <laughs> you know this You're is not, cancel this is, culture. This is the opposite of homophobia. I'm literally virtually calling <laughs> I am calling you right now a homosexual. <laughs> You're like the most inclusive into this group ever. <laughs> if, if, we were, if we were saying we will not advertise on glory holes, that is homophobic. We are saying we are exclusively advertising on glory holes. <laughs> we're not on a glory hole in the fucking UK. We ain't, we don't want to know about it. <laughs> we are so homosexual, yeah. it's not even true. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else which is <laughs> close to time. I think we had the well, the transport. <laughs> it's a oh, potential yeah. cancelled one, but I think it's actually. I'll back my decision because I'll, I'll back my decision on that. Yeah. Yeah, the MMA and like. The, the whole thing about person well women having their skulls broken though yeah yeah it's one of them where the, the only reason why it would ever get tied back to you if we ever shared it on linkedin if we share on any other platform it's impossible i like, this 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 the connection is going to be too remote so that i think that's the thing maybe if i start editing all this down and get all the audios out and put it on yeah. the platforms if we only share it like on like my twitter and like just just put it up there then just let's see what happens. Whereas yeah. really what we want to do is like probably promote it to our LinkedIn profiles, but we won't do that. We'll leave that out because that connects to our real identities. And let's just see what the general public think and what the Bitcoiners think. And uh, that's the safest way to go about it. And because like Ross, Darnell, Gaz and Mark mean nothing to a lot of Bitcoiners. But if we obviously put it down on LinkedIn's, it's going to be very quick to identify that who those four people are. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm personally, I'm comfortable with it if it was to go on to LinkedIn, because I think there's a lot of good content that's out there that we should and could be sharing. So I'm easy either way. I think you possibly have to snippet it if you're going to go for that, because I think it's just... Or just do, yeah, just maybe do little snippets on the LinkedIn piece. So I think it's some of the childish comments, which (laughs) I'm quite wary of LinkedIn, especially now we work for well company which has inclusivity officer or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. well I, th- I think if anyone's like read my like latest linkedin comments like they're not like they're not pc 
they've got. Yeah, let's go save up one, which you did. I think during the first lockdown, which was about people working at home and watching porn. <laughs> I mess. I took. I took a picture sent to you, and he's like, "You didn't like it." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was unliked by you, and you're like, "I can't like that." <laughs> that you do like it though, don't you? It's like, yeah, I love it, but I can't like it. <laughs> I can't like it. Yeah, but I can't like it. I like it, but I can't. Like Luke didn't yeah. have to behave, but I have noticed since they've had that news feature in the top right, you get some horrendous comments on there. And I do have a look every time there's a Bitcoin one there mentioned to just read through the comments of people arguing. You know, it's got the, the name of their company, their name, their position. Mm. And it's just like you're saying things which you really should be saying. Yeah. I know. And it's, it's so freeing when you're on LinkedIn and my literally my job description is on the beach with whiskey and Wi-Fi at Bitcoin.com. It's just beautiful because I can just go in on everyone. And uh, it's just freeing. You can you literally say what you think and uh, you with, with no like wariness of the consequences. Because like the worst thing you can do is just disagree with me and maybe disconnect or block me. It's like, fair enough. Do, do, do what you want to do. You can't yeah. go to my boss and get me fired. I am my own boss. Yeah. You can you can't do anything. And weirdly, actually, this is the thing. Actually, I actually got a message from LinkedIn the other day, um, and um, they said my um, profile picture was offensive. I, I don't. I had laser eyes on it, and I am smoking a cigar in my profile picture. But I I can guarantee it was shitcoiners reporting me because the only thing you can report people for on LinkedIn that they don't really check is your profile picture. So they were. Mm. I'd, I'd pissed off enough shit coiners on LinkedIn that they, they'd reported my profile picture enough times and LinkedIn messaged me going, we're going to remove your profile picture. So I was like, all right, fucking do it. They did it. They removed my profile picture. I uploaded the same one and it's there now. So fuck those guys. You're like the most inclusive into this group ever. <laughs> if, we were, if we were saying we will not advertise on glory holes, that is homophobic. We are saying we are exclusively advertising on glory holes. <laughs> Fellow plebs, if you want to hear us, then yeah, tune in.